if you or someone you know is suffering from uh, depression, uh, mental health issues, whatever the case may be, you are not alone. In this special episode of Unwavering, Toxic Masculinity from the Dude's Den, uh, we have a conversation with a good friend of mine, Richard, who has fought uh, all of these issues, depression, anxiety, even thoughts of suicide. Please remember, today, you are not alone. We are with you. There is also a national hotline. You can text or call 988. Again, 988. And if you want to chat with someone, you can you can uh, uh, chat 988lifeline.org. Again, call or text 988. Or to chat, it is 988lifeline.org. Please remember, you are never alone. There are people that love you and care about you even strangers. You're worth living. Your life is worth something. Please don't give up. Hope you enjoy the show. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. The following program contains scenes and language of a frank and explicit nature. Viewer discretion is advised. We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. You actually have to be clever at being stupid. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm going to tell you something. I've been to two goat ropings and a county fair, and I ain't never seen no shit like this before. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the goal, you know the, you know the thing. What? You refer to people with a capacity for pregnancy. With every woman, there's no problem, Lloyd. We can be classy and sophisticated. Look at the fun bags on that horse helm. trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball. You want to talk about slow? I'll give you slow. He moved so slow, it was like he was raised by a wild pack of turtles. We need a live, was there a live rooster? We need a live rooster to take the curse off Jose's glove and... I had no idea you could milk a cat. Oh yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. Y'all wear mozzarella cheese sticks. I was chatting on AIM with this guy, supposedly just from England, and I spoke Spanish, and he was like, yeah, we're fluent American, so there's a bit of a language barrier, but he knew really good English. Jesus Christ on a motorbike. What was that? Guys, you know what time it is? It's time for your favorite new podcast. I am Kevo, your host. You are listening to Unwavering, Toxic Masculinity from the Dude's Den. In this special Thanksgiving episode, as I said in the intro a, a few moments ago, we talked to a good friend of mine uh, uh, named Richard Reeves. Good dude. Wanted to have him on for some time. We finally kind of made it all work out. Uh, but... I think we talk about a very important subject, and that is mental health to everyone, men, women, it doesn't matter. It's, it, yeah, it, it doesn't have the monopoly on one sex. But uh, I think a lot of times, as men, we put too much pressure on ourselves to, to just do a countless amount of things. And, and plus, we, I speak just from a man's standpoint. So uh, anyway, it was very important to me. It was a pretty intimate conversation. Um, uh, it, it's kind of um, it, it's kind of unique to hear someone open up uh, about you know things they're still dealing with, but uh, how hard it was uh, you know for them in the past. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we touch on you know holiday season, being dads, what we've seen children go through, what we've been through, um, uh, you know, thoughts of of suicide, etc. So, um, uh, guys, I hope you get something from it. I hope you enjoy. Uh, if you or anyone you know, again, is suffering from this, you're not alone, okay? 
you're never alone. Please do not think that, that, that people out there do not care because we do. Your life is worth living. And I know, you know for one myself, I will help anyone, anytime, do not care. Uh, you know, I am more than willing to tell you if, if you're suffering from mental health issues, thoughts of suicide, depression, et cetera, and you don't feel like you have anyone, you can call me any time, day or night. Uh, my number is 318-331-8289. Again, 318-311-8289. Uh, there is a national hotline. It is uh, 988. You can text or call 988, and uh, you can get someone. So, uh, again, this uh, the episode is about mental health as it pertains you know, to mental health in men, or et cetera. Again, everyone suffers from it, so it doesn't matter. Uh, Love you. God bless you. Hope you enjoy and you get something from this. Much love. What's up, brother? What's going on? I don't know. I know we've been talking about doing this for a long time. Yeah, since the day you started a podcast. Hey, I'm going to get you on. And, and then this. Like and eight then, months later. I know. It's been, it's been a while. So that's my fault. I, I, won't, I don't, I don't want to blame anyone else but me. You say it's your fault, but perfect timing. Yeah. So maybe maybe it was just we needed to wait till now. I did, and I believe everything uh, everything happens for a reason. So uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, this is Richard Reeves. Uh, he's a dear, dear friend of mine. I would say um, I don't have many people in my circle. Um, I mean, I, I definitely, you, you know, I hope you feel the same. I consider you in that circle of people that, that like, I will, uh, I'll get up at 2 o'clock in the morning and go kill somebody over, you know. So uh, <laughs> Yeah, never ask. Kevo to kill anyone for me, um, but you I, never you know. know. In in moments, I was stranded in the Atlanta airport a couple of months ago, and you know sometimes I just need to call and gripe. Sometimes you just need to get off the plane. You're going to get stranded. And you just need somebody like, hey, I'm defeated. I just need to tell somebody I'm defeated. And the first words out of your mouth when you land in Shreveport, let me know. I'll come pick you up. Yeah, you know, well, that's I, what you're supposed to do, right? It's yeah, too easy to just be a good person. Wasn't even calling for that just calling hey i just needed to talk it out and you were like i'm loading up now see you in see you in two hours it's uh it's funny though how some men um won't do that like i don't care what it is whether it be travel or work or family or jobs or whatever they won't talk to people and they feel like oh if i talk it's i'm 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 weak yeah and that's a problem Absolutely. And, you know, and it's, I, I say a generational thing because, you know, my dad is not a, I don't, he didn't want to, he didn't want to talk about it. He didn't want to talk about the way he feels. He didn't want to listen to me because he probably didn't understand. Right. Um, you know, obviously he can pick me up at the airport, but he's my dad. He's kind of, he has to, that's his job. Yeah, he's got no choice. <laughs> you know, but. He's you know, biologically predisposed to picking you up. Exactly. You know, and he, he made that decision 40 plus years ago that that's what he's going to do for right. the rest of his life. You know, but as a, I'm not a huge fan of the of the term like as men, like you know, because you know, I, I'm just just a guy. Um, you know, we, they, you don't, you don't talk about it. You just silently, you pay the bills. You make sure everybody else has what they need, and right, you know, that's what your job is. Like, there's no thank you for that. That's just your job. And see now, I so I agree with that mentality. I have this saying. I've had it for years, and it's. You don't get a gold star for what you're supposed to do. I, having come up, you know, I say grow up, but 
I took a construction job early in my life. And so I came up, I became a man through that industry. And I would hear all the time men say things. I made mention to it last podcast. Men would say, you know, I never miss a visitation with my kids. I always get my kids. You're supposed to. What do you want the gold star for? Like, we have enough in our life, I think, as men. And I say that term a lot. I know you say you're not crazy about that term. But that we have enough battles that I get. You pat yourself on the back. You know, that's fine. Don't seek um, um, adoration from people for doing things you're supposed to do. You know, like getting your kids or, or you know, somebody drops something, you help them pick it up. You know, so many people just, uh, I'm a good person. Look at what I did. And, you know, and is the, not quote the Bible a lot, but, it, you know, it says, hey, if do what you do, but don't advertise it because then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, don't, don't spend a million dollars, you know, advertising that you help the old lady across the street. Right. Like I, you know, you know. We, not a shock to you and I. We we, we kind of started a, a, some of these cleanup efforts, but yeah. we never did it. So yeah, people right. say, "Hey, you know, come come watch us clean up. Look like at the yeah, yeah. It's never about that. No, you know, never. It's never. Neither of us, <laughs> neither of us have a closet big enough to to hide the skeletons. Oh God, no. So no, I don't want to run for political office. And, and and if you do, I I might silently vote for you, but I don't know if I could publicly come out and be like, No, you can't. Devo. <laughs> no, you can't do that because I have way too many. I, I, I've always joked about what I would do is day one when I made the announcement, just have a list and go, for everyone, here are the things I've done in life that people may try to dig up. Let me go and tell you like, right yeah, now. Absolutely. Like, like, yeah. Not good. Like, here's the press release. Everybody get it day one. Let yeah. me know what you think. I'll give you 24 hours to read it. Yeah. You know, if you could read the health care bill back when Obama was president in 24 hours, you can read mine. You know? <laughs> yeah, that nine thousand yeah, pages. Right, it, right. Yeah. Um, so something I thought was interesting uh, is obviously you and I have had just a ton of conversation over the years. Um, we, we've had conversation, I mean, from anything to marriage, to family, to politics, to music, to football. It doesn't, I mean, you and I've covered, I think, all of it. I'm a very passionate person about certain things. I mean, certain hills that doesn't matter my belief in it. It's just a hill I will die on that I'm a proponent of, of talking about constantly. For me, one thing it's been, and, and you know, is is the, the you know, male is male, female is female. That's something I'm very passionate about. For you, uh, and well, there may be several things you're passionate about. One that I'm familiar with, and I think it's important right now, is mental health. Not just mental health with men, but you just happen to be a man. And I, I just feel like, and holidays are a weird time for everyone, obviously. But do you feel like men put too much pressure on themselves? Holiday season, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. If I don't, if I don't get them this, I don't get them that, then they may not look as me. It look at me as. Do you feel like we put too much pressure on ourselves? I mean, I think I think the world puts too much pressure on us in this season. I think I think it's everybody. Um, if we just want to talk about men in general, um, yeah, you know you. Especially back when the world was a one family, one ha- one family, you know, one household income. 
you know, so your job was to keep the lights on and put right. food on the table. That's not a Christmas gift. It's not a Christmas gift, um, as it should be. Uh, but yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot of pressure in everybody wants something, and now you're obligated to buy them more stuff. You want your kids to have everything. It's very hard to look at the kid next door and see what they've got. And now you want your kid to have that. And I fall into that trap all the time. Mm-hmm. We're know. human. But, you know, this season, you know, starting the day after Thanksgiving, you know, thir- the thir- fourth Thursday of, of November, we're all thankful for as much stuff as possible. And then Friday, we, we want to fight people over an Elmo doll. Mm-hmm. Um, and that starts. Damn, the- you, went, <clears throat> you went tickle me Elmo. Yeah, because I... Well, you went old school. Yeah, well, you know, I have a, I have a, have a 16-year-old daughter. Right. You know, and a, you know, and a, and a 23. And that, that was it. Like, at one point in time, you know, the yeah. people want to fight about Tickle Me Elmo doll, but... Man, that was a cool doll. I, it wasn't that cool. It wasn't cool enough to get a charge over. No, no, you know, but... Society does... I mean, it does that to us. TV, radio, everything. And now with social media, I just feel like... It's everywhere. Hey, dad, if you don't do this, you're not a good dad or you're not a good. And we buy into it. We, we do, um, especially as men. We do partially, I think, because, you know, I, I'm lux- I have the luxury of working from home. Not everybody has the luxury. It takes a lot of home. discipline, dude. Um, <laughs> you know, but some people, you know, I travel for work. You know, some people are at the office, nine to five, which is another fortunate aspect of work. You get to see uh, the the country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, Go ahead, sorry. But you know, what I miss out on is certain small things with family. Like it's you know, you have to you know, you provide for a family. That means you have to be away from them for a little while. And, That's right. You know, there's guilt there. There's all for every job. There's guilt. And mm-hmm. am I missing time? With, you know, that I'll never get back. Well, what has the world taught us about how do you? What do you do to get back time? You buy really cool presents, mm-hmm. and you buy the yeah. That you're so right. That's the way we do it. That's why is that? And I'm I'm not a conspiracy theorist. No, anytime, no. But you know, turn on the TV the day after the day after Halloween, and every commercial is something you can buy for yeah. for somebody. Mm-hmm. It has taught you that every you know. Everything is monetized. You know, every every commercial, every holiday is getting you to spend money. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you – I know the answer for you, but I'll ask it anyway. Yeah. Do, do you need is, – is February 14th the only reason you ever buy flowers? Yeah, no, right. You know, I, right. Don't, I, don't, I don't need that. I don't need December 25th as a reason to buy a gift. Now, see, I'm the same way. That's something that throughout the year – I, you know, I, I buy my wife things when I can all the time because I love her. And we talk all the time. That's my love language, I think, is is gifts. Like giving her something and seeing her happy makes me just, oh, my God, it does something to me. So I feel like that's my love language. Same. Like I am. Okay. So that's my love language. Yeah, same. You know, I'm a, I'm a gift giver. Mm-hmm. And not just wife, family. Like I, I'm a gift giver of other for, for people. Like I just enjoy it. But I am a gift giver of. So if I am traveling and I'm in South Florida, right. and I see a a Bengals thing, I'm gonna be like, 
that made me think of Kevo. I'm going to buy it. Yeah, let me grab that. And then I'll bring it to you and be like, hey, I was thinking about this made me think of you. I bought it. Yeah. You know, I'll see a shirt in a random store and I'll say, you know, that made me think of this person. Then I'll come back to town like, hey, I got this shirt for you. I just thought when I saw it, I thought about you. To me, that's a great gift. It's not a it's not the most expensive gift you ever have to buy. But, you know, if I came back here and was like, hey, I saw this cool Bengals thing and it made me think of you. To me, that's a a perfect gift because you I thought of you when I saw it. It's a personal gift. As stupid as it sounds, it's literally that old saying. It's the thought that counts. You know, I, I am so humbled when someone thinks of me. You know, like that is something that I just wow. Yeah, and, and you know, and that's that's the problem that I have with Christmas, um, and it leads into the whole stress of depression that mental that that Christmas brings. I'm such a I hate a holiday where you feel obligated to buy me something. But one, I don't need or want for a lot of things. I'm also not yeah. a real patient person where I'm going to wait till the 25th of December to open it. Like, if I want a new pair of shoes, I'm going to go buy a new pair of shoes today. Like, that's just who I am as a person. Same thing. Yeah. I, I'm bad about that. Mary said, well, let me, you know, don't do that. I may want to get you something. And I'm like, but I don't, I, I don't know, want her to do it. You yeah, know? And, you know, I'm also, life is tough. It is. You know, life is tough on people. You know, if you bought me a $25 gift, you could have used that $25 on something else. I'm not saying that every person doesn't have 25 bucks to blow, but some people don't. But they feel But obligated. you're right. It, it, yes, yes. And that's another issue. Yeah, and that's the problem that I've got with, you know, with Christmas is I, I enjoy the, the getting together. I enjoy giving people gifts. But I hate the fact that when I open a gift that was bought by somebody else, what they could have done with that money. Right. You know, like I don't. Do you feel you almost feel guilty? Yeah, because like you have gifters remorse, gifty remorse. I, I mean, guess. that and the fact that if it wasn't Christmas, would you have actually went out and done this? If not, then why did you do it anyway? Right. Like, I hate that. Of like, you, like if I came in in December and said, "Hey, Kevo, I saw this. I was in Nashville. This cool. I saw this cool thing. I think you'd like it. Here you go." Right. Instead of saying, "Hey, I appreciate the gift." This is what most people say in December. Now I got to go out and buy you a gift. I didn't get you anything. I didn't buy you anything, so you felt obligated to buy me something. Like I hate that, and that's what—that's the time we live in. That's the you know season of giving. Yeah. So something that that I know we've talked about, and and I and saying this about the holidays is to me because I think, and again, women may do it. Of course they do. I'm just, I want to speak, I guess, from, from a, a man standpoint, because I feel like this is an issue and the, the stress we put on ourselves. Now that aside, holiday season aside, I was reading something and it's 77% of men polled have suffered with common mental health symptoms like anxiety, stress, depression. Now I'm one of those that's like, all right, I don't consider stress a mental health issue i think life's going to give us stress i mean it's but i have an issue with the ease in which people say i have anxiety or it because i believe there are people that really do have crippling anxiety but with this younger generation i almost feel like it's just the end thing to say so 
how the hell, when did this become such a, like, the end thing? Somebody that you could speak to uh, that has true anxiety, can't you tell people, hey, you don't want this. Like, don't wish this upon yourself. Yeah, you know, and sadly, you know, I hope that no one ever has a true anxiety disorder. Like, I don't wish that on anybody. There are people that I don't really like in the world, and I still would not wish this on them. Like, I would not wish constant anxiety disorder on someone. Now, yes, you know, everybody's at some point in time going to get stressed out over work or right. stressed out over family stuff. It, right. That happens. Every now and then you're going to get butterflies in your stomach. Yeah. Whether it's good or bad, mm-hmm. that's an anxiety. Mm-hmm. And you know how to work with it. Mm-hmm. The problem with anxiety disorder you know, with a chemical imbalance in your brain is that you don't understand, like, how to cope with it. So if you have a true anxiety, it's not a badge of honor that you wear. Well put, because it seems like, and hold that thought, because that's exactly what it seems like it is to to this new generation of, of kids, is exactly that, as well said. And I appreciate... The conversation. I appreciate that now that this is a forefront conversation, that mental health, whether it's depression, anxiety, bipolar, any conversation is great. Mm-hmm. But when everybody ends up with as an anxiety disorder, it lessens the conversation, I guess, as a way to is a One million to percent. It. it makes us not focus. And it's not our fault necessarily, but we lose focus on the people that actually have a crippling type of mental health issue that are so depressed, they do not want to leave the house, but they have to force themselves. People that have crippling anxiety that God Almighty fears, you know, just failure or this or that to to the point to where they lock up. Like, we lose focus on those people. Because it just seems like the norm. And I just don't think that. I just, God, it, it infuriates me uh, to no end when we when we lose focus on the real problem at hand. Yeah, you know, I'm never going to come to a person that says, I've got anxiety and go, your anxiety isn't good enough. You know, yours right. isn't strong right. enough. You know, right. I'm going to, if you message me, if you reach out to me and say, hey, I also have anxiety, I'm going to treat you the same way that I treat the other people that message me. And I'm going to tell, I'll tell you my story. And I'll tell you that, you know, I, I never want to see a person walk that road alone. I walked that road alone uh, since the age of 12 because it's just not something people talked about. So, so. how, so take me back to that. So you're 12 and, and all of a sudden you probably get, I'm not putting words in your mouth. I'm just assuming you get this feeling probably that's like, what the hell? What is, what is this? Oh, I, I can remember the exact day. So, uh, so I was, I say 12, 12, 13. Uh, my parents went out of town for the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, parents do that. You know, back, yeah. in, the, <laughs> back in the late 80s, Sometimes early we 90s, liked it. they left you, you know, they left you with, a, with an uncle. And that, yeah. you know, an uncle came to our house to hang out. And, um, you know, we were just hanging out, eating pizza, watching a movie. You know, so, I don't know if my parents know this or not. Uh, water, water balloon fight broke out at the house. 
inside the house, and that's what you did. They that's probably it. don't know that. Right no, now. whatever. Yeah, you know, they don't need to know either. Whatever. It's, not it's just between me, you, and the people that listen. Yeah. And you know, I don't know if it was the overstimulation or the adrenaline that got into my brain because that's what happens when you get excited. Adrenaline goes yeah. into your brain. Um, and all of a sudden, I was like, I'm like, I'm sick. Like all of a sudden, I'm, I'm nauseous. I don't know why. I just know I'm nauseous, and I can't get it to go away. I can't get it to go away. You know. I'm going outside. I'm, I don't know what's wrong, you know. And mm-hmm. like you're taking Pepto and Tums and like yeah. roll aids. Yeah, sleep in the yeah. bathroom. That's you know that's what you do at 12 years old because you don't know what's you're just sick and that's yeah. What you I do. don't want to throw up in the bed. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and like I didn't understand it. It never happened before, and I was like, oh, I'm I'm just sick. I'm just I don't feel well, and I'll be fine tomorrow. And I was fine the next day. No big deal. No no harm, no foul. Until, you know. Three weeks later, my parents were like, hey, we're going to go ha- – your dad and I are going to go out and have dinner. You know, you have two other brothers. Y'all will be fine here. And as soon as they left the house, I was like, wait, I feel sick. I don't know why. Like, oh. I feel sick. Um, you know, and, and it was – I felt sick, but, you know, my, my parents didn't understand why I was sick. So it was – Again, they're getting Pepto. I mean, yeah, yeah but, it's not – You yeah. know, but – I hate to sound like I was the boy that cried wolf, but there's no physical, there's no like real physical ailment. I don't have fever. You right. know, I was just, I just felt sick. First time it happens, they come home from dinner. Second time it happens, they send a friend over to check on me so I didn't have to leave to have dinner. Right. And then it was, man, I'm, I'm ruining their, their, their time. Yeah. You know, I, something I'm doing that I can't figure out, I'm ruining their time. I don't want to talk about it with them anymore. Like, I'm not going to tell them about it because I don't want to ruin their time. Right. So I quietly had these anxiety attacks, or what I later figured out was anxiety attacks, from, from the age of 12 until I finally went to a doctor to have some sort of evaluation at the age of 17. So for five years, off and on, it wasn't every single day. Uh, it got to every single day, but, you know, from 12 to 17, you know, once or twice a month, I was going through this quietly because I didn't want to be a burden. Like, I didn't want somebody else to – I didn't want to ruin their day because I, I didn't feel well. Like, it wasn't anything they could help me do. Right. I, I, I was just sick. I didn't know what was wrong with me. Uh, so for about five years, you know, I just walked that road alone, and it was a terrible I – can't, I can't explain how difficult – it was to I just enjoy life mm-hmm. like you, you see these commercials and there, there used to be a commercial about an antidepressant um, which I'm not a big proponent of most antidepressants especially I was going to ask that in a minute but but and, and we'll get into that in a minute but you know it the commercial was you know are, are you living or just surviving mm-hmm. and this medicine can help you not just survive but live Boy, did I want that because, you know, for you know, for the longest time, and I mean, well, past 17, that's just when the doctor said, hey, you should take this medicine, um, which well, we can get into that in a second. Um, you know, it was just surviving. Like, I just was happy to wake up and, and lay my head down the next day. Like, I had, I had conquered that day if I made it all the way through. And it right. was, <clears throat> I mean, that's a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it, it, it's a very it's a very crucial time for any teenager, but we're speaking for boys. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a crucial time in life 
12 to 17. Yeah. and you, A lot's going on in your body and head anyway. Yeah, you know, and a lot, you know, when you're in high, yeah, I was in high school, you know, so I, I would graduate high school when I was 17. So mm-hmm. my entire high school career, you know, I, I dealt with this and like I didn't go, like I played soccer. Um, but you know, like we do out of town tournaments on the weekends. I would, I'm not going, I'm not going on that because I'm, I'm not, I can't be away from home overnight because if what happened, what if this happens? And that's the problem with anxiety is it's not the, in the moment. That's the worst. It's the, what ifs it's the days or weeks. As, so I, I, my senior year in high school, I got this soccer schedule mm-hmm. day one, you know, Hey, it's October. Here's our soccer schedule. First week of December, we're going to go on this weekend soccer tournament. Yeah. So from October 1 to the first day of December, that's all I can think about. How do I get out of this? Like, how, how do I get out of this? I wasn't yeah, I've go- got to come up with an excuse. I wasn't any good at soccer, so it's not like I was going to ruin it. Yeah, you, you, know? weren't, you weren't ruining the team yeah. or nothing. <laughs> they like, weren't going to miss me for any reason. You weren't but... the Joe Burrow of soccer. Yeah, at not time. at all. Not at all. Uh, you, you like know. how I got that in there. Yeah, I, I, I was to. not a Tua. Um, Damn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I... Uh, but you know it. That's all I can think about. Yeah. And to this day, same way. Like, like that's not something that ever went away. It wasn't the in the moment. It was that I couldn't get to the in the moment because all I could think about was what happens if the anticipation. It was. It's of, terrible. It's terrible to this day. Tra- I, I travel for work. Like I take flights <laughs> okay. for work. Mm-hmm. And so I have a flight booked to Nashville. And I've had this flight booked to Nashville. Since since early October, it's in early December. That's all I can think about. Is you, you, so you're already starting to be, since the moment I booked the trip. That's all I can think about. Now, once I get on the plane and that and those and that plane leaves the ground, mm-hmm. it's I I'm not a drug person. Like I'm I'm not a drinker. I don't I don't I'm not a drug person. I don't understand addiction. Um, but. When that plane takes off and you have that feeling of weightlessness right as the wheels leave the ground, I, that that stress, every bit of stress in my life like melts, mm-hmm. which is the craziest thing to me because you would think that a person with anxiety, when the plane takes off and you're stuck on that flying coffin, right? that's when that would be the worst. It's not. Like it, like it just goes away. It goes away. It's the, it's the greatest feeling. It, why is that? I mean, do you know? Oh, it, I guess it, yes, it really doesn't matter if it goes away. It goes away. That's fine. But do you know why it is? Is it because right, I'm relinquishing control? See, is maybe that it? I don't know. So, because I'm a control freak. It's same. So, like, so, so you know, we'll we'll take a step back to move forward. Um, so, as my anxiety and depression before I. Decided I was going to figure out how to beat this, and I was just getting it was just beating me the entire time. Right, like I, I I couldn't ride in the car with people. Like I had to always drive. Like I cannot. Like I'm I'm an in control all the time person. Like what? I mean, me too. Same one. You know, yeah. So, you know, I, so on a plane, like you have, you can't control anything. What choice do you have? Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> you know there right. is you know you can't you can't see out the window. You can't see anything. You're just sitting there. Yeah, and for a person with anxiety, just sitting there is the worst because your mind's running at like a hundred miles an hour all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, from the moment your eyes open to the moment you close them, hopefully, because we don't close them a whole lot. Uh, 
Like it, it's all it's running, and a hundred scenarios are running all the time, and ninety nine of those scenarios end poorly. In my head, um, any conversation you and I have ever had, I've had again once once I've left because I'm replaying it in my head. Right. And what I should have done better, and how I probably offended you, and we're not actually friends. <laughs> like every one of them, every one of them. It I takes don't, a, no. That's don't. So let that let that rest. It's okay if we disagree. If you disagree with something, I'm okay with that. You, I'm not offended. I don't care. Oh. I still love you. Oh, so I'm the one person you can forget that with. Yeah, yeah. I don't and, care. and most people probably never think about those conversations again. But yeah, you know me. Yeah. I, so you're essentially your own worst enemy, and, and I, which I'm the same way. I am so hard on myself mentally. Oh, I trust me. I don't need anyone yeah. to, to judge to pile up I'm on doing. you. Yeah. I, I don't need any help looking like an idiot. I do a fine job of it by myself. Uh, yeah, but in every facet of life, professionally, personally, as a parent, as a husband, mm-hmm. like it's always, I'm doing, I know I'm doing something wrong. Like, it, so it's not. That's interesting that you that you phrased it like that. It's not. I want to do better. It's it's not. That's not what you're thinking. You're thinking I know I'm doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. See, that's totally different because my thought – that's somebody that, that doesn't experience anxiety then. Because my thought is always, what can I do to be – how can I strive to be better? That's okay. But you were thinking, what am I doing wrong? Which I'm assuming causes you to start searching. What I mean, yeah, that's a – yeah. oh, I, my God, that would, that would aggravate the shit out of me if uh, I was constantly doing that. I, I hope for everyone that listens to this and everyone that I know that they wake up every day – and strive to be better. Yeah. And I hope that for me too. But I wake up every day with the feeling of failure is one step closer. Like yeah. it's like like it's I can feel it on me. Like mm-hmm. I've never been poor. Um my family, you know, we were middle class. You know, my dad worked for General Motors, we were good. You know, we never really You never wanted, wanted for, stuff, for but that is my greatest fear mm-hmm. is that I'm going to fail someone like I, you know like i'm going i don't know who that person is but but they're disappointed in me right now you know i can remember you just know it yeah so you know you know growing up um you know high school wasn't great for me i didn't you know i didn't come into my own until i was about 22 Right. You know, once I figured out that my brain works faster than people, and mm-hmm. um, I can I can use words in a way that some other people can't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I was just an awkward kid. You know, like like I, I wasn't quite smart enough to hang out with the nerds, but you know, I and kids are cruel. Anyway. I wasn't quite cool enough to, to hang out with the outcasts. I was just kind of my own person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but like I, I, I've mine got so bad. Mine was a depression and anxiety thing. So I couldn't figure out which one, you know, did the depression cause the anxiety? Did the anxiety, the fear of anxiety cause the depression? Never could figure it out. Chicken and egg. You right. Know, it didn't really matter. Six when we have this and the other. But, like, I can remember apologizing to my family. Like, I'm sorry that I am such a burden on you. Like, just out of no, I mean, just, just because. Just think about that. Mm-hmm. Looking, so I have an older brother and a younger brother. We're mm-hmm. all two and a half years apart. Imagine a 15 year old coming up to you. And saying, hey, man, I know we're family. I know we're brothers. But there's no way you'd be friends with me if we weren't family. And I'm sorry about that because I'm that bad. Like, I'm that. Like, I'm not good enough. Yeah. Like, 
that's my whole life. Or that was my whole life back then. As like, a teenager. Yeah, and it's so crazy. Um because I have done so well in fighting this and defeating this and helping other people do it. Mm. And like it's been probably twenty years <clears throat> that I've since I've had to relive that moment. Mm-hmm. And that's an emo- emotional thing for me right now, which yeah. is you know, yeah, I understand. Yeah. I always, you know, it's very personal because you're, a, you're, you know, you're a bit of a crier. Oh, a bit like, of a crier, huh? Like, oh, 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 you know, a bit of a crier. That's an understatement, y'all. Kevo, I, I bought, I bought you a pen. Yeah, and you're crying. Oh, my God, thank you. Yeah. But you know, I go back to that moment, and like it's a, it's a fight away tears moment for me. Like, like I, like I can't imagine being on the other side of that. Like. What is a seventeen? You know, my brother was seventeen. Yeah, and I had one that was thirteen. Like, what do you say to that? Like, yeah, there's. Yeah, I don't know that there's. Like, you can't. They can't make it better because I don't think they were disappointed in me. We're family. Like, no, I wouldn't they, think like, so. There's, so you know, I'm I'm Italian. So family is number one, no matter what. Right. You know, family is number one. You know, so at no point in time do you ever turn your back on family. Sure. So there's no way they were going to turn their back on me. But in my head, all I could think about was. Like I'm the weak link. Like, how much better would would their lives be if they didn't have to defend this outcast of a brother that they've got, or deal with me? That's, that's yeah, and thought. and it was only in my head. Like at, all of this is only at fifteen. Yeah, yeah. At, at fifteen, at twenty five, at thirty five, I'm forty four, and I have conversations with myself right now. Mm-hmm. Like you know, in the past week, like I have these conversations of. You know, with friendships with with Michelle, mm-hmm. like I'm sorry that you have to be here for this. <clears throat> like it, that never has never gone away. So it's so would you say it's daily? Like, do you have the thought daily? <clears throat> so it's not daily. It's an ebb and flow. So I, I'm not. I am not one to say, "Hey, I'm about to leave," because. Mm-hmm. Everybody, that that's kind of the end thing. Yeah. So, life is peaks and valleys, and so for a person with a with a chemical imbalance, my my high. So when I when I am like firing on all cylinders and like manic is what they call it. Yeah. I am everybody's regular. So you would never know that I have slept like two hours or that my mind is racing. Okay. But unlike me, who you go, yeah. yep, he's saying had no sleep in a while. But. You know, the best, my, my most creative stuff, get most work done in those moments. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that my lows are like places most people don't want to talk. Low, about. low, low. Yeah, and and I have I have worked on that, but <clears throat> so moderate <throat> highs, low yeah. lows. But those low lows, <clears throat> I am going to question everything. So I I go to a gym, mm-hmm. you know, and. It's group group fitness. Yeah. And I've been going there for almost a year. And I go in the gym the other day, and I'm just not feeling it, but I'm going to be there because I enjoy the camaraderie, and it's it's a human interaction thing for me. And it's good to do something when you're not feeling it to force yourself to do it. For sure. Discipline. Yeah. But you go in, and people that you talk to every day, they probably have other stuff on their mind at that moment. And yeah. They're t- but in my head... When I walk in, I don't know. Ah, uh, got you. 
oh, so, so we have we have beef? Like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like you know have a problem it. with me. Like, I don't know what I did wrong, but all of a sudden, like, I you I can tell that you don't like me. Why? Yeah, why? Because is you're it? minding your own own business. Like, right. But in my head, immediately, it's it turns into something, and it's never. It is never. That guy's an asshole. Like it's never that. It's let me replay every conversation I've ever had with this person. What did I say that turned them off of me? Right. Like, or <laughs> you, on Saturdays they do partner workouts, which is a great thing. Unless you're a person like me that <laughs> doesn't want to ask ask another adult male, "Hey, do you want to partner with me in this workout?" Right. It's 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 like going to homecoming every Saturday. Yeah, because like, it's like like I don't know how to do yeah. this. Well, when you when they say hey, who doesn't have a partner? And you you're always the one that's. But yeah. I, there, there's, you know, fifty fifty shot that there's twelve people or thirteen. Right, like the fifty fifty shot. Well, if there's thirteen, yeah, like hey, look, can I jump in and just kind of mirror y'all? And most of the times that's fine. But then there's some days that it's, I don't want to go to the gym because, I'm always I'm always the last person picked, and mm-hmm. it's because. They, I'm paying, so they're nice to me. But what what would they be nice to me if I wasn't paying? Mm-hmm. And I'm 44 years old, and like the most successful professionally and personally I've ever been is is today. Like I've mm-hmm. I've never done better than I'm doing right now. But that's not good enough because in my head, it's like I'm faking it. Like like professionally, like. Like 2022, so 2020 was the best year I ever had until 2021. And then 2021 was the best year I ever had until 2022. And I've been mildly or wildly successful, depending on how you look at it, in, in the industry that I'm in. Yeah. And I've been doing this industry for 10 years. At some point in time, you would think my head would say, hey, you're actually good at this. No, no. In my head, it's at some point in time, they're going to figure out that I'm just kind of winging it. If that's every day. Like every day. So all right, so we go back to that statement real quick. So in your mind you're not good at what you do. You're you're you think you're just you're somehow just skating by. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and once again, is that is that is I mean that's not just work. That's you feel like that's your relationship with your wife and your daughters and like do you feel like that's every aspect? When I when I'm in, when I'm in the low, absolutely, everything. Okay, yeah, everything. you know, but you know, it, thankfully, it has gotten better. You know, like it will never be perfect. This is not a take this medicine and you'll be cured. Well, is it because um, is it because you've learned on your own? It, it you may have had a lot of help. I don't know, but is it because you've learned how to deal with it? Or what fixed it? Was it medicine? What like so, or no, fixed wasn't a good word. What has made it tolerable, I, so to speak? Look, and I understood what you meant by fixed. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't, you know. Um, so I, there, there, there came a point where I'm not good at being bad at things. Like I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at failing at things. I'm not good at like I need. Yeah, I don't to, like it either. I don't, I'm not good at it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there came a point in my late twenties where like I wasn't going to let this beat me. So there you know, and I'm very open about this. Um so 
it's it's a taboo thing, but I'm very open about it. It's okay. So if you feel like you're failing at life, in, in my head, in my head, there were two options. Mm-hmm. I was going to beat this depression, anxiety, one way or the other. So the, the way I chose was to figure out, like, what triggers it in my head? How do I cope with it? How do I pull myself out of it when I'm there? Right. But don't don't let me bullshit you for a reason or for a second that I didn't drastically think about the other option. Um, the permanent one? Yeah. And that's why I say I never want anybody else to walk this road alone. Because I walked it alone, and I made, a, I made very valid cases to myself that that was the answer. For a lot, of, for a long time, I mean, I, that was a, a valid answer because when you wake up and you have that anxiety and that depression all the time, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a it's a solution. Like it is. Like it. it, it well, well, it's natural to look for a solution. Yeah. Um. And you know, I, divine intervention. Call it what you want to. Call it fate. Call it God. Call it whatever. Um. That wasn't that wasn't the choice for me. Um. It didn't 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 go my way. Um, wasn't anything that I attempted. It's just something that I ran through my head a lot. Um, not to be super, super graphic about it. I, I, I didn't want my family to find me like that. No, I, I you know, understand. I, I was, I was, you know, I was single. The burden on your, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I was already a burden in life enough. Like, I didn't want to be even more, like, I didn't, I didn't want to do that to people. Um, so, you know, so I had to. I had to figure out the other way. Like I had to figure out how to beat this. Like I wasn't going to live this life. Uh, so I started journaling, which is good because some people don't have the strength or the help to get there. So yeah, yeah. That's very and that's good. why I'm glad. You know, for every twenty people that say I've got depression and anxiety, that that just look for a reason to be special. Yeah, there's one person that's yeah. that went that is going through what I went through. Mm-hmm. And I will talk to those other nineteen to get to the one. Yeah, oh like God. everyone, absolutely, everyone, you, you know, every one of them, absolutely. Um, because you know, but it's you know, nature of the beast. Yeah. You know, so when I was seventeen, my mom finally took me to a regular doctor mm-hmm. um, because Lord knows we weren't going to a psychiatrist um, because they didn't know nobody knew it was wrong. It was a stomach issue. Um, right, and if you went to a psychiatrist back then, oh God, that was just—I mean, oh my God, something was wrong with you. Of, like, we gotta, we gotta take him somewhere and put him. Something. That was the kind of—that's the way people looked at that. Oh yeah, especially uh, kids. God Almighty. Yeah. So who cruel anyway? You know, um, the general practitioner said, "Here, take this thing called Prozac." Oh. There wasn't a whole lot of studies on Prozac back then. Yeah. Um, come to find out that most of the reason that I, I just look for option B is because Prozac, the suicide rate for teenagers while taking Prozac skyrockets because it's just not the right medicine for teenagers because of the hormonal changes they're going through. It's a terrible drug to give a teenager. They don't, they don't do it anymore. Like yeah. I, I may have been the last one. Um, it was just not the right medicine, you know, but you know, I took the medicine and I, I, I hid it from people that I didn't want them to know I was taking it. It made me sick. You know, the side effects of antidepressants is that you, you kind of have morning sickness. 
Uh, you're, you feel like yeah. when you wake up. Yeah. Uh, you lose a lot of weight because you, you can't eat. Um, yeah, so it's that, hard to eat when you're nauseous. Yes, that helps when you, you know, I was 125 pounds and when I started taking the medicine. And, oh, God. You know, uh, you know when, when my, my older brother. You did brother, have a lot to lose. When my older brother got married, uh, I was the best man at his wedding and I think I was like 110 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, as I stand here now, I'm 155 pounds. So that was 50 pounds lighter. I mean, I just look like. Damn, Still, I, like I mean, you, you literally look like a, an AIDS or cancer patient yeah. on their yeah. last. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I remember asking the asking the doctor if I was crazy. Like, you're giving me this medicine, am I crazy? He said, No, you don't. You don't. You never talked to Elvis or anything. Like, you don't. Like, he didn't come to you, right? Like, <laughs> Elvis is the go. I was like, Talk to Bruce Lee, but not Elvis. Damn yeah. it. <laughs> you know, but you know, and so I guinea pig. I, I call it guinea pig. You know, for. Three months, we tried this medicine. And for, you know, once that didn't really work, you tried the next one. Right. You tried the next one. You mm-hmm. tried the next one. Well, I was lucky because <clears throat> my mom worked in the healthcare field in an emergency room. So I would have these anxiety attacks and, well, I, could, I can go there because they'll help me. Like, they'll figure out what's wrong with me. Right. Until you run into a doctor. That, because I knew all the medications that I'd ever been prescribed. From top to bottom, alphabetically, I could tell mm-hmm. you all their side effects. He well, he didn't look at me as an anxiety, depression patient. He looked at me as a drug addict. Oh. And I just wanted like I was at the point at that point, I just wanted like hook me up to a machine. I wanna see. Like I wanna see my heart if my heart rate's going up. I wanna see like I, like why why am I doing what's wrong? Mm-hmm. Like I need at that point I, I wanted to figure it out and no, 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 he wasn't. He wasn't about that life. He just wanted to. I was a drug addict, and I was here searching for medicine. There was nothing wrong with me, and that's when I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna. I just figured this out on my own, you know." And how old were you then? Um, probably twenty-one, twenty-two. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you already don't want to talk about having an anxiety disorder or being depressed. You for sure don't want to talk to it with a medical professional because now you're yeah. a drug addict. See. So I and here's, I, and here we go right back to that. There probably are people out there searching for drugs, but there's that one in twenty that really is having an issue. Yeah. And when we bypass it to to their drug addict, what stops these people from going home and, and putting a gun in their mouth or do like that's an issue. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. Or you know and. I will never, never defend someone that you know, shoots up a school. Never. Like I'm no, never right. going to say. Well, this no, of course not. But yeah, it doesn't give you. I know. Uh, what, yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. But man, the well, it's getting them the help they get. It's not, but not the doctor's fault. Yeah, not, right. But I know exactly what but, you're saying. But in their head, like nobody has ever said, "What's wrong? Can can we get you something to make?" To make you not feel this kind of anger. Because anger, you see a lot of people walk around that are just angry. Well, anger, anger is just kind of a side effect of another condition. So they, maybe they have depression. Maybe they're anxious, anxiety. Yeah, and some people are just downright just assholes yeah, and unhappy. For sure. There, okay. there are those people. Right, um, right. You know, but like when I get really anxious, I get irritated. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm going to get real short with people. Not because I don't want to hear what you have to say. Mainly because, like, I'm, I'm not comfortable with my own skin in this moment. Right. 
He also, I it's definitely... more of a comfort with you, not necessarily them and what they're saying. You're not comfortable with yeah, yourself. Yeah, like I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to stop the things. An- anxiousness. You're talking to me, which is causing me not to be able to stop it. Stop, quit talking to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, you know, so you know, people, some people lash out in anger. So I, I just get irritated and like I need to get in my car by myself for like thirty minutes and just mm-hmm. don't call me, don't text me, just leave me alone. Um, and I, you know, it triggers and things that I figured out work for me. You know, they don't work for everybody. Driving around in my car, where I am in control of the entire thing. Mm-hmm. I drive on the interstate because there's no red lights and I don't have to come to a you stop. Right, stop and go, stop. And go. Yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah, but it's not the frustration part. It's that when I'm sitting still, my mind can race. But when I'm driving constantly, I've got to pay attention to everything. So my mind's not focused on the anxiety. Um, you know, like when real life stuff happens. So if we got into a moment of like natural disaster, mm-hmm. I am the perfect person to come to because I am the calmest in tragedy. Like I am like a like a rock in tragedy, but in a no, e- normal everyday life, like I can create the tragedy in my head. Uh, yeah, but like in real life situations, if a tire blows out, you know, if we get lost, I lose my credit cards, whatever. Yeah. Like survival, I can I can get us home. Right. But the day before the trip, I'm a I'm, I'm a disaster myself, which is such a weird. It, no, it is because it's you. It, it, let's be honest; it's usually ass backwards. Yeah, I mean, it's the it's it's the lead up that's the worst for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and there's a really you know, sometime time we can get to. It, there's a really cool airplane story that kind of ties into all this. Um, at some point, we'll talk about it. I don't know wh- where your story's going. I'm just all over the place. <laughs> no, just, it's no, that's just, just it, like we life. don't have to be structured. It's okay. <laughs> No, I'm liking this. So, it, when did you stop taking medicine? Like, when did you go? Right, I'm not taking this anymore. Or, or did you? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I find so when I was, you know, 24, 25, I found a outpatient outpatient place in Monroe, mm-hmm. where instead of go instead of going away somewhere for for a time for them to give me medicine or like you know electroshock therapy, um. There was an outpatient place where you went at eight, had group therapy, they give you medication, and you got out at five. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want, I want to try that. One because they can show me how the medicine works. Two, I can talk to other people that are like this. I also worked for General Motors at the time, and like my anxiety had gotten so bad that I couldn't walk in the door of the building. Like I, I could get to the parking lot, but I couldn't actually walk in. Like that's how bad my anxiety had gotten. So it's getting in the way of making a living. Like to that of, of living, period. Uh, right, um, right. Yeah. So, so I started started there, and they were like, you know, take this list of, of of medications, and it just wasn't the process that they had. I think was a good one. The uh, over medication was the problem. You know, I, yes, I didn't have a whole lot of anxiety when I left there, but I didn't have a whole lot of clear thoughts. Period, because it was like three medic. Three medications a day, like, it was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't want to be that. Like, I, there had to be a middle ground. Um, and no matter how much medication I take, like, nothing's going to cure this. Like, there's no cure for depression and anxiety. Like, there's no, 
Like your, your brain yeah. is just going to work this way. Yeah, it's not the flu. It's not. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, sometimes generally I, it doesn't run its course. So, sometimes you know, when I was a kid, I'd be like, I wish I would have just broken my leg because they could have put a cast on. Yeah, it right. Said, to fix your leg's broken, you're good. I broke yeah. my head. It's going to heal. I broke. You know, something in my head is broken, and now I'm a crazy person. Um. So, uh, it when I was 26, um, I found this psychiatrist, therapist, one that could prescribe medication, but he also listened to you for an hour and a half or 200 bucks. Um, in Shreveport. I don't know how I ended up with this guy's information, mm-hmm. um, but I, inter, interest didn't cover it. I had to take off you know, half a day from work every week to go drive to Shreveport to see this guy. And you can ask my mom, you can ask my ex-wife, you can ask you know, anybody you want. Like This man saved my life. I, I truly believe this. Uh, mm-hmm. his, his name is Dr. Williams in Shreveport. I don't even know if he's a doctor anymore or if he's practicing. Right, right, right. Um, you know, he you know, not only listened to what I had to say, he wasn't just sitting there and I lay on the couch and you know, he gave me advice and I was I, that was beneficial. But he also got me from being over-medicated. He also said, hey, your main problem is the anxiety. If I can get the anxiety to go away, you – Everything else will kind of fix itself, but you got to figure out, like lack of sleep causes me to have severe anxiety. So if, if you see me and I hadn't hadn't slept real well in a couple of days, just know that I'm gonna walk out of a restaurant on you, <clears throat> um, because I've done that a bunch of times. But he, instead of finding a long term medication, Prozac, Paxil, Wellbutrin, that wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't going to take a medicine every day for the rest of my life. But there are. Other short-term medications that you can take that kind of straighten, just kind of straighten out the curves. Right. You know, so if I'm having, if I'm having like severe anxiety, I can take this medication and it'll just kind of calms the day. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I chose to work for me. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like I can beat, I can win at this game. I can beat, you know, I can bring myself out of this depression thing. Not by saying, hey, just be happy, you'll be fine. But I can find, figure out in the moment, like, hey, like I'm way down, like, let's let's work on this. Like, mm-hmm. I can recognize where I'm at, recognize not to keep going down, recognize the thoughts that I'm having when I'm down in this hole to kind of help me understand that I'm in the hole and then I'm going to come out. Mm-hmm. Like, not just keep digging it down. Not, you know, like, you know, like I leave here and be like, you know, Kevin didn't really laugh at one of my jokes. Maybe, maybe Kevin didn't really like me. Maybe, maybe he just sandbagged me to get here and was gonna throw these jokes at me. You know, I, in my head I can say, okay, you know, the the world doesn't revolve around you. Maybe they were also having a bad day. Maybe it's not you. Maybe it's just that you're living your life over here and they've got a whole lot of things going on in theirs that you don't know about. Uh, so I can pinpoint that. I can pinpoint like if. If I'm having, like, we all have, you know, acid reflux of some sort. Everybody's taking a Tums or a Rolaid right. right now and then. Yeah. That's my number one trigger. The acid in my stomach. If it, you know, the acid, if the acid builds up in my stomach to where, like, I'm having, like, acid reflux or indigestion or whatever, it automatically triggers my anxiety. Well, here's the problem with anxiety is that when you the adrenaline goes into your brain, your heart speeds up a little bit, and your stomach makes more acid. And so, <laughs> that's that's odd that that's a uh, never heard that. 
I've yeah. ne- no, I've never heard that that's like that will start triggering anxiety for you. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a unique being so statement. Being sick is is a trigger for me. Like right. being nauseous sick. Not like hey, I got the flu or I got a headache or whatever. Right. But so indigestion or something makes must makes your stomach hurt. You know, yeah, you know, and that I mean, is immediate trigger for me, and it took me a long time to figure that out. Um, the you know the other one, the whole lack of sleep thing, that's a big one for me, especially when I travel. You travel as much as I do, and I don't sleep well in hotels. And I don't see, sleep, I don't either. I don't sleep on airplanes. I don't either. And yeah, you know, it's so, very difficult for me to. Yeah, and overstimulation, which a lot of people don't, kind of give themselves a thought of. If you're always on go, you you and I are the type that are always on go. Yes. You know, and you're like, wow, I don't understand. I don't know why I'm like freaking out. Mm-hmm. It's because you've at some point I've gotten overstimulated, and you need to sit in a room by yourself for a minute and just kind of deload. Brother, you can thank you because there are times I, being on all the time, what I call being on, is exhausting. It is. You sometimes I want to go to Walmart and just shop. For my stuff and not be bothered. God yeah. Almighty, I need that. Th- there's there's been plenty of times that I'll just put my earbuds in. Yep, and I will literally go to the mall in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. and just walk around. The but mall. let me ask you: Does it has it has it? You ever seen people that will see you have earbuds? I've had over the ear headphones on, and people still stop and want to talk. It, it, and it sounds, I don't know how it's going to come across, but. I, like I'm not appreciative of, but my God, like you see me with my headphones on. It's very frustrating at times. The only reason that you should stop me if I have if I have headphones on to talk to me is if I am personally on fire. If you're on fire, because I knew you were going to say if that. If you're on fire, <laughs> that's your own problem. Yeah, holler at some. I mean, yeah. I'll help. And, and, and actually, if I'm on fire. I might just want to be on fire. So it may be by design. Yeah. Um, and I had this com- I've had this conversation with people um, that are recognized more than I am. They say, how do you deal with being in an airport? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I put my earbuds in. Whether yeah. I have music on or not, I always have the earbuds in because it mm-hmm. stops people from looking and being like, I want to talk to him. Also, mm-hmm. <laughs> with being an insecure person like I am, um, I have this look on my face, which is usually – just not approachable is yeah, it yeah. like it's like don't approach me yes yeah. most people are like you look you have this kind of intimidating look on your face it's not intimidating it's you've got a resting dick face right yeah. that kind of like don't talk to me that's true i didn't <laughs> beat it that way but yeah that is true so i joke all the time to that point the other day mary and i went to a a, a local restaurant uh delta biscuit gummy which is fantastic and uh, when I left here, I just stopped by the pet food store, went there, made one more stop on the way back. Twelve times, twelve, somebody walked up to me and asked me about the restaurant closing or what I was going to do. And it's just like, it's so frustrating. Just like sometimes I just want to just don't. And, you know, Mary's like, you know, she jokes all the time. She's like. You are like a local celebrity. You don't, th- and I don't look at myself that way. Sometimes I just think people want to gossip. I, I do. I just, but it's so frustrating to men uh, and women. I know, but speaking for men, it's important sometimes that we get our downtime. 
Yeah. And I don't feel like I get it enough. This is very therapeutic for me, which is why I started this. Because it's my time in here, either by myself or somebody I want to be with. I'm not forced to, to answer every question out there. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and then it, but it led me to this. So this is where I was going. Was uh, I didn't get overwhelming anxiety or depression or anything during these lockdowns. But a lot of people did, from children to adults, etc. Like... I'm one that truly believes, you know, all right, all right, flatten the curve and all that. That's good and fine. But I think now the cure has wound up so much worse than the problem, even in the mental health field, not even just economy, but just in the mental health field. It has really effed people up, truly. How the hell do they ever get this back? I mean, dude, this is crazy. Well, let me start by saying, Congratulations to you yeah. that you didn't get any of that stuff like the rest of us. Right, um, man. So, I mean, I worried, but not, it didn't. Not to the extent, I know this. Look out! <laughs> it, yeah. That's twice it shocked you. I am shockingly good I, at this. You are electric. <laughs> Nobody's ever said those words. No, no. <laughs> Me neither. No. So, hey, what, what do you do? There's a slide to it. So, what do you do? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't have an answer to the "what do you do" part. That's crazy. But um, I, I can tell you how how I watched it affect me and watched it affect people in my family, and that's the part that scared me. Um, not the way it affected me because I understand that I've been dealing with it my entire life, and that's almost kind of helpful, right? In a way. Yeah, I've been in training a way. for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, um, you know, a couple of things you may not know about me. I've been I've been social distancing for forty four years. <laughs> You know, if you're within six feet of me, you're too close. Yeah, yeah. Which is, a problem, I know, a problem with our friendship. Because I know you me, hate when I hug I'm you. Not a hugger. But you never push me away. I say that you're like, hey, oh hey, shit, he's yeah, hugging he, me. He's doing it. And he slaps a little too hard on the back. Like every I, time, it's like, oh my back dude, hurts. I know. Every time, I my daughter him. tells me that all the time, like, stop, dad. You, and it's accident. Yeah, uh, yeah, I hate it. But you know, it's just people. I'm a big believer, and if that's that moment makes you happy, I'm not taking that away from you. Right. Um, right. But, you know, like, I can recognize, well, looking back on it. So, I'm an anxious person. Mm-hmm. I'm a scared person. Anxiety. It, maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's just who I am as a person. Yeah. You know. The, the just be your the makeup. Un- the unknown scares me. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to say it. I, I was a mask. I was a personal mask person. Yeah. Because well, no. Why it would made you me be? Feel safe. You do what you write. I was, I was a um, personal um, getting the injection. Yeah. Once again, That's... let me let me also state that I am a your 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 body your choice. Yeah. You know, yeah. you didn't want to get it. Not That's mad fine. at you. You don't want to wear a mask. Not mad at you. Nobody um, should get in discussions with people about how stupid they are over either decision. Yep. Just do it. Okay. I'm, I'm good with it. Okay. It helped me get through my day. and that's Absolutely. And that's a big proponent of it. It helped you mentally feel like, okay, I'm prepared. Yeah. How? So that can't be wrong. Yeah. That can't be wrong for you. you know, and, and my brother is a, is a nurse and, you know, he did a lot of studying on, you know. What he could, right. You know, what and, was available. What, that's and right. What, and what he wanted to know. And he was like, man, I don't think you should get this. I don't think you should get this. The long-term effects may be a bad thing. And I was like, look. And he just didn't have them, right? That's the key. He yeah. just didn't have any, yeah. You know, like, you know, he, you know, and from a medical standpoint, he wasn't a fan of it. 
Right. And that's fine, but I wasn't as concerned about the long-term things as I was. I needed to be able to leave the house. Right. And whatever helps me leave the house. And we got into a big argument about it. And But as family, we were able to argue about it. I was able to give them my point of you view. You should of it be. Right. Moved on. Yeah. But so when this all, when it all started, when it all broke down, uh, I, I will tell you <laughs> kind of my looking back on how crazy this moment was. Um, so we knew the symptoms, you know. You're gonna have, you know, fever, right? Smell, you know, lost your smell, and then at that moment, you don't know. Like, are you? Yeah. Gonna, are you are Am you, I pregnant? Or, you know, I, all of a sudden you have problems breathing. Is is is, is life over? Like, I yeah, right? Some people got um, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 I know people that have been on a vent before. Like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> I had to go do a, a sizing in Huntsville, Alabama. All right. And. This was all just kind of breaking loose on everything. And this is really crazy to think back and say, I brought a thermometer with me, which mm-hmm. I don't think is a problem, except that, like, I took my temperature, like, once an hour. I don't, I don't, I don't know why, but in that moment, well, like, just, like, I, like I, I, I never ran a fever from the first day coronavirus started to today. Like, I still hadn't run a fever, but I checked my temperature at least once a day for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but... This was like the like they still hadn't shut down the state yet. Yeah. Well, people was. were scared. I mean, it was yeah. it, it was told. I mean, like it or not, it was told to us. You've got to fear. I mean, it was. Yeah. That's what we were being told. So drove to Huntsville, Alabama. Um, like, wouldn't go and get got gas, but wouldn't go in the gas station, kind of thing. Like I was. I was yeah, I was, pay it to pump or else. Yeah, like I yeah. had, you know, I had the that I, you know I, I had everything I needed to sanitize my my hands at all times. Yeah. Um, I get to the hotel. Um, I slept maybe thirty minutes that entire night because I'm just freaked out. Like I'm I'm not at home. It's a, the world's in a weird situation. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm about scary. to I'm about to size nine hundred people. Mm-hmm. That's think, a lot of interaction. Think about think about this. That's non social distance. Nine hundred <laughs> people. Somebody there. It's probably sick with something. Probably. Something. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, hell, at that time, we're worried about getting chlamydia. I mean, yeah. we're worried about getting anything. Can I get it? Right. You know, so it's a, I don't know, eight, seven and a half hour drive to Huntsville. Mm-hmm. Drove there on a Sunday night. Got there at 8 a.m. Monday morning to start sizing people. Yeah. Hand sanitizer, mask. We're about, they're about as far away, you know. Ten people at a time. Just don't bring in ten people at a time. Stay away from me. Right. My boss drives in from Nashville, which is a hop, skip, and a jump to Huntsville. He is in no way worried about any of this stuff. No right. mask, no nothing. He don't care. And he's looking at me and he's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm not. Uh, like, not really. I'm not. At noon. At noon, my boss comes to me and said, your governor just shut down the state of Louisiana. Like, that That. that was the day. Yeah. And he was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I, I don't want to be here. Yeah, I don't like, want to be here. I, uh... I haven't wanted to be here the entire time. And he was like, well, why did you come? What? Well, because you were going to be here. I couldn't cancel it if you were going to be here. And he was like, okay, well, just tell them that this isn't a good idea. Because none of the people wanted to try on clothes. Nobody wanted to tell. Like, no, Everybody's just, confused at this every, point. Everybody yes. was like, why are we doing this? Yeah. So 30 minutes of sleep, mm-hmm. seven and a half hours, 30 minutes of sleep, low back up in the car. Don't go back to the hotel. I'm just, I'm going home. Like, right. I'm just going home. I'm 
30 minutes of sleep. And from that day, when I got home and I, I left it on the news, whether you want to watch Fox News or MSNBC oh, yeah, yeah. or whatever, yeah. one's going to tell you, one's going to have a counter at the top. This mm-hmm. is how many this is how many people have been infected. Yeah. My TV never hadn't, didn't change. I work from home. So I'm in the kitchen working on the computer, but that TV's on and I can see it. For about three weeks. You know, Michelle works at a restaurant. Yeah. And, yeah. She manages. One. Yeah. She yeah. also does not, she she also, if anybody has does social distancing better than I do, it's her. Yeah. Like, but she also has a look on her face that says, don't talk to me. Don't yeah, she's got, the, she's, she's got the, she's got the, she's got the rusty bitch face. She got the rusty dick face. Yeah. Um, you know, the only thing she's concerned about is. I did not call you a bitch, Michelle. I swear to God. I just said that. Never mind. I. I may edit this she, out, Michelle. She is way too busy listening to a <laughs> true crime podcast. I know, right? Um, even though if I tell her I was on it, she's like, I hear you talk all the time. Uh, yeah, I don't want to hear you. But, you know, she finally came home one day, and she could just see it all over me. Like, I had been wound up for months at this point. And she said, hey, you know what I'm going to do? When I leave to go to work in the morning, I'm going to put it on the cooking channel. And, and just leave it, leave it on there. For, uh, leave yeah. it on there for one day. Basically, that's you're turning this off. Just for one day. Just leave it on. Yeah. Home Let's network, see what happens. Whatever. Yeah. Man, that was a good day. Yeah. And I never turned the news back on. Like I used to be a huge politics guy. Yeah. Like, like I watched. I was gonna watch Fox News for a little while, and I was gonna switch over to NBC because I'd never seen any two. Channels drastic difference report the exact drastic, same story different ways and two completely different outcomes. It was the yeah. craziest thing I'd ever seen. Um, but I've, I, to this day, I haven't turned I haven't turned it back on. Like because even before coronavirus, even before yeah. any like like their job was to fear monger. It's fire on, people on either, up yeah. on either side. Yeah, and I just don't. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have it in me. I don't have that in me anymore. But um, I say all this because I didn't travel. Well, it attributed to people's mental health issues. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You know, and so in 2020, I didn't travel at all. Like, you know, once mm-hmm. that started, we didn't travel at all. Well, then it came to like December of 2020, and I was going to have to go back to Nashville to go to a our annual review. Like our whole team was coming in. Yeah. And I literally, starting in about mid-October – had to start walking because just getting just getting out of my house and walking yeah. down the street the first time yeah it was was a, was a, was a very big anxiety moment for me yeah like it was like this is crazy cause just walking down your street where yeah. it's not crowded with people nobody's out like, I mean, like, right but I could go to the gas station I can go to the grocery store mask on and everything but. Like I had to, I knew that there was a trip coming that I was going to have to prepare for. And I had to start this trip mm-hmm. by walking down the street every day. It's almost like prepping for a, a, a competition or something. But you know, you're, you're conditioning I, yourself. You know, for two years before that, I traveled 30 flights a year. Right. And now I'm having to, because, because I sat in my house for eight months... I'm having to walk down the street, and in the first time I, I didn't get maybe a block because I had to get back. I had to go back home because I could feel the anxiety all over me, and it's like, how crazy yeah. is this? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I knew, I knew I could feel it. I could understand it, and I could work through it. 
Um, I have a daughter who's 16 years old. So in 2020, she was in junior high. And she's always had, she's been asthmatic. So she had right. know, like real bad allergies, asthmatic. Yeah. Breathing and, issues. Man, yeah. You know, that'll create some anxiety yeah, but to a like, father. Yeah. You know, like, like, you know, I, you know, I'm real. I was real iffy on, man, what happens if I get the coronavirus? But I was real, That's real right. iffy on your baby because I can't fix that. That's right. Can't fix it. You're not so, in control. So they were like, hey, we're going to offer this virtual version of school. And I was like, great. I'm, I'm day one. I was like, this is this is perfect. Sign us up. Yeah. yeah because, you know, they shut down at spring break and never opened back up. Right. And, and no kid really went to school. They said they did virtual. They weren't even taking attendance. Everybody just kind of passed. Yeah. The next year they were like. It was eighth grade. <clears throat> hey, eighth grade, you can do virtual. I was like, cool. We're doing mm-hmm. virtual. Isabella, hey, I'm doing virtual. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Day one, we got her a desk. You know, we had it set up in a room. That way she, you know, she'd have her own place for school. We bought her all the school clothes and everything. And day one, she's in there at her desk 20 minutes before school and she's logged in and she's ready to go. Yeah. And I was like, this is going to be, this is going to be good for her. Yeah. Yeah, like I yeah, I right. Like, you pumped the, up, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That month goes by, <clears throat> and maybe she's not sitting at her desk the whole time. Maybe she's doing one of the classes, sitting on her bed. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Not a problem. Not a problem. Yeah. Well, now we're now we're in the month two, and Messi's camera's not on because they can't see all the kids on the screen so she's just laying in bed why, uh, why, why is the light on oh i don't need the light on mm-hmm. to see the see the stuff i'm still i'm still passing i'm still getting good grades oh okay mm-hmm. okay uh, month four yeah that I don't, I don't i haven't felt real good the last couple of weeks like, what do you mean you haven't felt good like you, you seem fine are you sick mm-hmm. no i just like, I don't, I don't want to go places. I don't oh, want to do things. God. I'm like, like, we're talking about a 14-year-old, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, you know, once again, we're Italians. So, at, some, at least one day of, of the week, we're going to my mom's house, and we're all going to be there. Yeah. And we're all going to get together, and we're all going to... That's right, fam. Yeah. 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 But my, my parents are getting older. Mm-hmm. you you got to protect people. Also, yeah. have a grand, I also have a grandfather... That's still alive. That's in his nineties. Yeah, we ain't. We ain't no, God, no, no. We can't that. Right. We can't that. You know, we're not gonna have Thanksgiving. We're not gonna have Christmas like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and know, so many people did this. Yeah, but I knew we had a problem. That like we're in the car and we're you know we're just riding around. I'm just letting letting his brother get some sunlight, and we're driving past my mom's house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's nobody there besides my mom and my dad. And she just, just my, Isabel just breaks down. I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know what this is because you're a girl. Maybe this, yeah, right. This, you know, like yeah, it's a tough age anyway, there, right? There. I was like, what's what's going on? She's <laughs> like, I just, like I just need to talk to Danita. I just need to talk to her. Mm-hmm. I call my mom. I'm like, hey, we're coming by. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Look, like it or yeah. If you if we gotta stand in the driveway, if you need to stand in the other side of the pic, or the other side of the glass, whatever, we gotta stop by. Right. 
And she was like, good, because I was already going to cook some hamburgers, and we're, we're getting together. Yeah. We're doing this. And, mm-hmm. like, I could tell, like, <laughs> if anxiety and depression is genetic, she was as well as going to have it. Yeah. It's just there. But, you know, if it's not, this is the moment where it happened. Like, she to her, right. Has, this is just, yeah. You know, she still gets anxious. You well, know, yeah, she, you know, everybody does. Yeah, and, you know. I think that, you know, anxiety, depression, especially in teenagers, mm-hmm. female and male. Yeah. There's hormone, hormones are everywhere. That's that right. Age. It's you a know, tough so, age. God. You know, but like, she, you know, because I remember telling her, hey, look, this this is harder on you than you want to believe. And she mm-hmm. was like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I yeah, knew, they don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. But then, then the leap test came around. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, you have to come to school for the leap test. Right. And if you if you know if you if you have kids, if you know any kids, if you know anybody that has kids, and they say, Hey, once the leap test is over at noon, you have the option to get checked out and go home. Um, if I, anybody listening, at one point in time you were a kid, you know you're checking out. Yeah, oh absolutely. No. Day one. I get a call mm-hmm. I get a call from Miss Bella. Hey, leap test is over, but I'm gonna just I'm gonna just stay. I'm going to just stay till, till school's out. And I was like, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Oh, nothing. There's no, there's no classes or anything. We're just, <laughs> we're just going to be here. And I was like, how did the leap test go? She was like, oh, it's fine. I was like, how is it? What was it like being around other kids? I'm, I'm not doing virtual school anymore. It was like, imagine that. That's what I'm getting. Like that statement. Like it was like that was the first time she, like, oh my God, there's light. Yeah. You know, that's scary. And the next year, she had to, was her first year in high school. Well, she didn't have eighth grade to make, to keep no, all these new friends. To, right. To it's high such a freaking critical time, man. So she had to go first day of high school. Like, it's a brand new school. But like in the blind. Yeah. Like, like, and it was tough. Yes, it is. It's not because, an easy age. Because she didn't have eighth grade. But it has gotten better because she has made made friends, and you know she has. I, I don't want to say shaken out of it, but seen the seen the error. We have seen the error. Yeah, hope, hopefully hers again. I don't know, but I'm just hopefully hers was situational, they, like some people. Absolutely, right. Um, but some people hadn't gotten over it. No, um, and this is an issue. Yeah, because. You know, there's a you know, for a, for for the generation that I grew up in, there was there is and was anxiety, depression. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't something that was really talked about. Right. You know, it we started we, we started talking about it. My this gen, our generation, we began this conversation. Yeah, Generation X did. Yeah. But you know, now there's a whole generation of kids. That don't understand. There's not a lot of studies done on it. There's not a lot of stuff out there to read about it, except TikTok videos. And I don't know what TikTok is, but they don't understand what's going on. And the people on the internet aren't going to tell them what's going on. But that's all they have is the internet because they spent two years away from other people. Yeah. So yeah. So once again, I was lucky enough. I work from home, so right. I could have my eyes on Isabella. 
two to three days a week because the other time she was at her mom's house. But her mom also was worked from home. Right. So somebody had their eyes on her at all the time. Yeah. What about the kids whose parents don't work from home, but they mm-hmm. also did virtual school? So they literally were alone for two years. Mm-hmm. You you don't people don't understand why why kids can't talk to each other. They don't understand how to talk to each other. Man. It's because they don't they weren't. Taught, they were taught to talk into a screen for two years. Yeah, and and, and then, so, so, exactly, agree 100%. And then it was already a generation that that was heavy into phone, social media, tablets, etc. Then added that, at least they got to see people. Yeah. Add that in. Now, for two years, you're alone, or you were told to be alone. That's not good, guys. This is terrible. Yeah, and, and 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 you know, like you said, we hope Isabella's was situational. Obviously, we know some kids genuinely haven't come out of it. There have been suicides. There have been, uh, I mean, there have been overwhelmingly large amounts of kids get on antidepressants, etc. This is bad. This is not good. And I don't know where we like. Obviously, I'm not a doctor. I don't, but but I don't know where we go from here. But these things aren't just going to fix themselves. Like we have to get better about fix, trying to fix things without. Here's medicine, you yeah, know, etc. And 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 I agree. Um, th- there are some people that that need medication. Oh, right, right, of that. course, I'll of course. Say that. Um, I, I don't, I'm not one that thinks they need medication all the time for to fix what I've got. Um, See, I'm with you. I don't either. You know, but I hadn't had it, so I don't want to speak know, to it. You know, um, you know. I say that, but in the moment, sometimes I'm like, I'm taking this medicine. <laughs> um, but, and I've said this about a lot of things, the pendulum never swings to the middle. So it was, we're not going to talk about this, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah, once again, a generation before us, that was a stomach it, depression, anxiety, mental illness was a stomach issue. They yeah, gave ate you, something. Yep, you ate yep, something. Yep, take this medicine. It maybe has cocaine in it. Yeah, um, <laughs> who knows? You know? And then it's, it has. Do sworn. you still have some? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Everybody, nobody's interested in seeing me on cocaine. No. That'd be crazy. No, not, <laughs> it's Monday, right? Like, you're not a that literally gave you anxiety right there. Like oh, shit. No, I can't deal with that. Yeah, you, I was not told that this was part of. The, damn, I'm, I, I did not yeah, train for this. I know nobody can. Holy I, cow! I apologize for your wife. I'm leaving. I know, right? Um, Poor Mary. You know, but the pendulum has now swung in every facet of life so far to the other side. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we've lived this conservative era. What I call conservative era, and now we are. You just, mean from the aspect of speaking about mental health? Yeah. Okay. A, right. A lot of things. Okay. Right. You know, okay. A, like a lot, a lot of things. Um, and then we, you know, information overload came the, you know, internet and social media, and which I think, as a brainchild, was a good thing, but it's gone too far. Yeah, w- um, I agree with that hundred percent. The idea and proves all great. And then you know, but we've swung so far to the other side. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just hoping, like, okay, let's let us swing again. Let's yeah, let's, no, go, yeah. let's go back a little bit. It's almost like you want to get out there and go, hey, in case y'all know, don't know, uh, in case y'all don't know, like there is a middle ground, guys. Y'all don't have to go so far yeah, that like, way. Like, let's 
you know, I, I'm not a big fan of black and white. Like, I'm okay living in the gray. Yeah, well, there is gray. There's a lot there of There are grays, and it's okay. A lot and of it's okay. It. I know this is, this is a male, probably a male-dominated listenership you've got. Yeah. But there, there's there's shades of gray in not just the books. Everything. There's gray in everything. And if not, there's, it's this, yeah, I was talking with someone not long ago. And not, not that I want to get on the subject, but it, like how uh, to prove your point exactly. We were talking about abortion. Again, that's not what I, I don't want to talk about. It. And I said, well, the first thing we have to do in order to even have the conversation is know that there's gray area. And he went, no, there's not. And I went, then we might as well not talk. If you don't think there's any gray area, then let's just not even have the conversation. Because we're never going to I mean, just the idea that it's this or this, it's crazy. Yeah, if there's, with anything. If there's no gray area in your conversation, it's just you speaking and then me speaking, but not to each nobody's other. Nobody's learning. Nobody's listening. No. Nobody's helping each other. Right. And that's not what we want to do, I wouldn't think. And mental health is such a, a, a big thing. And I know for somebody that uh, that I, I, I go, 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 and I do get tired. And I have several friends, very, very good friends that notice that have said to me, hey, you ain't had no sleep lately. And I can tell you need to go. You need to go rest. Like, seriously, uh, I'm fortunate enough to have that. Well, and it's because of the sleep thing. You know, I can fix mine. We got kids that don't know how to fix this. And you got some parents, and I know you'll agree, not you, but there's some parents that when they get home, uh, yeah, just watch your tablet. And that they're not getting to know their kids. They're not understanding. Their kids. What the hell do we do? I mean, other being better parents. I mean, hey, look, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, and tell you that parenting's not hard. Parenting's difficult in every facet of it. And, and yeah, that tablet probably makes that day a little bit easier. Um, I am one that believes that I was very fortunate growing up that we were able to make it on a one-income household. So I saw my mom every single day, all the time, because until I was old enough to go to college, she she was at home. She, so she stayed home, mom. Yeah, Ray, I, which is a very important job. I'm not just saying that. It is. Whew. I think I think that you know. And then she went to college um, to become a to work uh, be an X-ray tech. And then you know worked in a, in a hospital for twenty. Not, years. not mean to go too far on that, but just a quick question: what, what age did she go to college? Oh, I was in high school, so she was probably in her forties. Good for her. Yeah, that's badass. To yeah. those that, to those that like, I can't do it. I don't have time. Or the, yeah, you can do yeah, it. It's was, never too late, man. There was also no. There was also. <laughs> we're talking about the early nineties, so there there was no. Virtual classes then. Like, right? No online. You ULM. had to physically go to yeah. a class. So, yeah, my mom physically went to NLU for, I think, you know, six years. That's awesome. To, you know, because putting her kids through private school, you know, and yeah. my dad worked graveyard and just trying to figure it out. Yeah, so very working class family. I mean, that, that kind of says it all right there. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, in today's world, because of the price of everything and, you know, yeah. not, a, not a political statement. Just no, a, it's just, just facts are facts, just, man. Yeah. It's okay. You know, <laughs> economics. You right. Very few people can have a one-income household. Mm-hmm. So both parents have to leave the house. And you work all day and you come home and then now you got to raise raise these raise children. And it's, it's more difficult. You know, mm-hmm. my mom's 
job was to raise us, and she did a very good job of it. I'm very fortunate to have had her. Um, but this generation is not going to have, it doesn't have that. No, they don't have that constant influence. Yeah. And so it's, it's, man, I am scared to death. Like, for example, um, our granddaughter, sorry, face was, our granddaughter, uh, comes home, uh, school one day and I took her to jujitsu and on the way back, she just out of nowhere to show you, and not that you don't know, but the, the, how things are changing drastically. Um, I remember having teachers that I remember could talk, like I could talk to, I could go to and open my heart up to if something was going on and man, they would, you know, but now she, there's a teacher and I can't remember which class it is. And, but anyway, she said, you know, uh, we, we, I know science. She said today, my science teacher today spent the first 10 minutes griping about, I'll just say, one party over the other politically. Like, what the hell? Why Why are y'all talking about that in science? What is it? Like, why is this? Why aren't y'all not talking about science? And, and you know, she's like, well, it's usually every day he brings up something. But, like, this is, it, it, it's such an issue. They don't have two parents at home. They constantly have Facebook, Internet, Twitter, InstaFace and all those TikToks and all that. Uh, now you've got teachers that don't just teach the subject. They're constantly speaking about. No wonder they're going to have, they're going to have mental health issues. Like there's zero structure. And I don't know what to do. Like, I, I don't know what to do about somebody's, but it's not good for society. It's a very bad thing. I don't know how you fix it. Um, I don't know how you explain to someone. Just so here's a big pile of business. Mind your own. Like <laughs> yes, you know, like your job is to teach. Yes, so science. Teach science. Yes, this is not. I don't even care. I don't care. You could be a history. You can be a political science. Right. right. Social science. You whatever. Teach, teach that subject. In, teach the subject. I don't. I don't. I hate to say this, but it's mm-hmm. honest on a whole lot of fronts. I don't care about what, what your opinion is. No. Um, I Just give me the facts. I'll figure it out. No, right. You know, whether, that, that's something we do as human beings. Whether we, you're a teacher, whether you're on the news, mm-hmm. you know, wh- journalist, whatever Literally you Literally the yourself. dragnets, like, just the facts, man. Yeah, that's give it. Like, that's all I care about. Like, where do you find that? Yeah, I, you don't. And so, hence is an issue. Because, like, I, I, reading here earlier with... Uh, uh, before you got here, like, uh, 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 let's see, the amount of people with common mental health problems went up by 20% between 93 and 2014 in both men and women. So it has went up between 2014 to 2019. It went up another 20% in that short time. Like, I'm one that feels like I'm no expert. What do I know? But I feel like social media is a problem. It's, it's constantly telling you what you, you how you can be better. Or you're better if you're like this instead of like this, or yeah, like. Th- I almost think you, you got to have a driver's license to drive a car. You shouldn't be able to have a social media page until you're 18. Like you got to put in your social, your your like. Yeah, well, this I is mean, ridiculous. Yeah, well, sad, sadly, I like, sound like an old guy. Like you old timers. I mean, sadly, I think there is a, an age limit for, on Facebook, but. 
you know, uh, right. I, just, yes. I just got a bunch of kids that are born in 96. Right. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I am a big fan of the idea of social media. Oh, sure. Like, man, imagine being, tools. Able, yes. being able to share knowledge. Yeah. Worldwide. Missing persons is a big thing with me. I, 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 you know, we've talked about it. Yeah. And what social media has done. It has found people. It has saved people. It has gotten families closure because the the, the use of that tool to share their child's photos. And yeah. so it's, uh, like you said, it's one of the greatest tools we've ever been given. But like everything, us humans, screw it up. We figure out a way to ruin it. Uh, because, everything. Because, yes, there are some great moments that happen because of social media. Right. You know, like, you know, Trent Richardson took a, took a he was a running back at Alabama took a girl to prom yeah was that, you know like it was that, like Mark Ingram did the same thing like, how cool was that yeah and you're like man I love these feel good stories but then yes you, if you scroll down a little bit you'll see the kid that like I got bullied at school mm-hmm. because I was just an awkward kid right but at three o'clock I went home and they weren't around right. And for every feel-good story you have, you've got 9,210 terrible videos of people fighting and hating and saying this and saying that. Yeah. But Those feel-good stories are few and far between, but they're out there. Yeah. Or the fact that you got bullied at school, but then you go home, and you can just virtually do it. Like, And that's even worse because mm-hmm. like, you and I grew up in the same time. Like, If you were going to bully me... Like, at some point in time... You had to do it. Like, at some point in time, like, we're going to have to, you know, feed the strength. Like, yeah. you got, I got to test you. Right. And uh, then it's either going to work out for me or it's not. Usually it didn't. If but when it's me. over... It's over. It was just over, wasn't it? But, <laughs> but when, there's, when it's just you and a keyboard, you can test a person because they're not in front of you. Right. So the bullying can happen 24 hours a day. Yes. So, yes, suicide goes up. Mental... Self-esteem problems, which lead to depression, they go up because you can't get away from it. Yeah, no, you have no. Some kids have no self-worth because they can't go home and just have a yeah. good rest of the day and just be away from it. Just yes. be away from it. yeah. You know, they're reminded why they're different, why they're stupid, why they're dumb, why they're this. It's just in front of them. Yeah, and it's if if you are listening to this. And you didn't care to hear anything I said about my my story or mental health or whatsoever. Listen to this moment. If you go on the internet or social media for the pure, just purely to find some, to go out of your way to be mean to strangers or people that you know on the internet, you're what's wrong with life. You're a degenerate. Like you yes. are the problem. One hundred percent, no if, ands, or buts. You're why the world is the way it is. You know, if if your mentality is, it's my it's my Facebook. I'll po- I'll I'll say what I want to mm-hmm. instead of like, hey, I saw a picture of Kevo and he's doing this really weird thing at the beach. Like he's like in this weird pose <laughs> on the water, and I really want to insult him. But you know what? You know what? Like, why do that? He he liked the picture. Like, he enjoyed it because he took the picture. His wife liked the picture. Like, yeah. it probably was a great moment. Who you know am what, I to say? You know what I can do? I can scroll by and just mind my own business. That, that's, I didn't know you could do that. Like, you just literally, 
That's just, all just you have to do. Keep scrolling. Yes. Yes, that's it. I don't know this need for everyone to feel that you want their opinion on anything. That's what I'm saying. Not just the post that, hey, yeah, I voted for so-and-so. You're at, you know, that's a, but, but like you said, a photo of them at home and somebody's going to get on there and go, well, why did you do that? Why did y'all do this? I don't like the, Jesus Christ, man. I mean, just. I, I, I really wish that on social media, like if you were going to post like a negative comment about somebody else's stuff, yeah. like it def- it defaulted to putting your home address. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See how many people would do that. Like that would quickly change. 100%. What you said about another, because look, in the industry that I work in, like I get a lot of emails of people that are angry if they're upset about something. Yeah. But just like in most, in most life situations, when I get there to talk to them, like face to face, they completely understand what I have to say. And, and I am in no way an intimidating person, but nobody. No, it's nature. You don't, you're not an in-person asshole. Right. There are very few people like that. There yeah. are some that are consistently assholes. Yeah, you are. You right. are. And what is this you are? What does that mean? They're talking to the oh. crowd. <laughs> Um, no, 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 you're not. Con- no, not at all. I just don't need to be. There's no, no sense in that, man. You know, I, and if if the world and the internet has taught us anything, it's that some there are there's always going to be somebody out there that feels like they need to test Mike Tyson on a plane every time. Like, but, and it's all going to go the same way. How many times do you have to watch Mike Tyson beat a man up on a plane to realize that you also will get beat up on a plane? I cannot tell you. How many situations like that? I've said, like, how many times do we have to try this before we know, all right, this is not going to work? How many times do we have to have a group, and when I say group, like three or more, go in and do spelunking in a cave where you're not supposed to go, and then somebody wind up being buried? It's like, stop, guys. Just research stories before you think you're going to be the spelunker to go in there and conquer this. I mean, yeah, just stop doing it. You know, like, you're never going to, like, at no point in time you're ever going to hear a story of, of Richard getting lost at a national park. No. Because right. I'm not going to go to a national park. No, right. It's like, I, I realized it can happen. And the, as far as I go is to the picnic area. That's about it. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not venturing beyond that. I mean, yeah, you hit on it. You hit on if, one of my, my. If anything's gonna happen to me, it's because Yogi Bear showed up and took the picnic basket right, right there off the table. Right. It's not because I went and ventured into their land. I've always said if something happens to me there, and I know you'll agree, it's because somebody. If I'm not looking, somebody took or hurt one of my grandchildren or something. You know, I mean, so to speak. But but that, I'm not venturing off for days. It, Camping in the rough in a national park. Look, if you find me out there, it's because my body was dumped. Uh, yeah, like, that's another thing, right? I w- start investigating. Look, I'll, I'll, at this gym that I go to, they have this guy's trip, and when they said, "Hey, we're gonna have a guy's trip," I was like, "Cool, to, like pick a pick a football stadium anywhere in the country." I'll, I'm, I'm in. I buy a plane ticket. We'll go. Yeah. No, we're gonna go to Petty Jean or something. And like get a cabin, and I was like, "You, you lost me." Yeah, you lost me no. right there. Hold up. It's the cabin on the main highway. No, like, <laughs> does it have an Arby's by it? Like, <laughs> That's what I want. Like I don't, I don't, I don't do camping or glamping or any any of that stuff. Um, at no point in time, did, 
like they, like they knew not to invite me. Like they were like, I didn't want you to feel left out. Don't yeah, worry. Don't worry. Yeah. Now, see, I'm one. I don't mind camping like that. Like you know, like at Darbone State Park, there's you know a road for it's got cabins every you know seventy five yards. I'm great with that. Great with that. But to pot to pitch a tent in the middle of Mount Rainier National Park, not doing it. Not doing it. Just research the strange things that have happened at Mount Rainier. I'm no, not, I'm not, not doing it. Pitching a tent in my own yard, like like Isabella says. Hey, can we? Can we camp out in the backyard? Uh, sure, there's a there. Yeah, go have fun, honey. I'll watch there's out. There's pool chairs out there. Feel free. <laughs> I'll see you. I'll see you at midnight. When you're I will out. keep an eye on you, of course. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'll sleep in the car. But yeah, but that's what I'm getting. But boy, to your point was how far this. It's not a good idea. Um, I don't have to see my granddaughter on social media getting in a bind to know that kids get in a bind. So. You know, but with Kristen, we we keep her from it. When she comes here, it's like she has a phone. She can't get on an app without me knowing she opens the app, you know. So, I, I, and I'm not saying that fixes it all, but I don't want her around this crap because it's, you're right, it's evil. Great premise, but people make it evil. Yeah, great on paper. Uh, yes. You know, <laughs> on paper, communism sounded cool, too. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, all sounded wonderful yeah, at the time, to, right. Put it in, yeah, yeah, put it in practice. It's like, this shit sucks, yeah, man. This but, ain't good. You know, I, you know, I, I and don't I, know how you I, I devolve. Like I, don't, like, I don't know how you evolve from, yeah. like, we have so much access to everything at the, at our fingertips. How do we like dial that back? Like, I don't know. Like, I kind of wish it was like a, like a, you had to pay 99 cents every time you got on there. Cause that would eliminate a lot of it. Because, 100%. Because yeah. I'm not paying for any of it. No. Like if, if you know, I, I wanted to at one time they were talking about if, if on Facebook start doing a monthly charge. And like, that's fine. Like, yeah. You, right. And I'm like, yep, I'm out. Yeah. Like, cool. This was fun. Not that I'm cheap. I'm not paying to have people tell me how stupid each other are. Yeah, I, you know, I, 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 my opinion on anything has never changed because of somebody on Facebook. Ever. That's another thing. It very rarely happens. I mean, if ever. Uh, interaction one-on-one is where it's at, and that's a lost art. Like, nobody, generations below us aren't doing it well. And so I don't know what that says about us as a society, as we move forward, I, I don't know, but it's a problem. If you if you want to watch the younger generation have a group discussion, I, just like go sit in the in a library and watch them text back and forth each other. Oh God, it's the craziest yeah. thing I've ever seen. It, it, it though. See, I catch myself. Mary sometimes will do that. If like if she's in the kitchen and I'm in here, she'll shoot me a text, and I, and I, time and time again, I'm like, whoa, whoa, don't do that. Mm-mm, don't do that. Yell for me. Walk in here and t- I like, I don't use, you know, the scan to go out where you can buy your grocery. Like, I don't do that. I like human interaction. I, I know that sounds old fashioned, but I enjoy talking to people at the checkout. Like, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's, I'm old fashioned. I, I don't know. But I, I, I mean, I enjoy going to the grocery store to, to walk around and look at, look at things. See, so do I. Talk to people, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> God, if you got your headphones on, God, you know. God forbid. I'm a big fan of self checkout. Yeah. Um, you know, I know that 
it costs cost jobs if you ask people on social media. I don't think it actually is, but I enjoy the self-checkout because, like, I got, like, two or three things, and I'm just going to scan them and go. And yeah. I don't really want to get behind the person that's about to write a check. Yeah, no, right. Like, I don't- I don't want to be. You know, do you know I had that happen to me the other day at a self checkout at Sam's? The lady scanned all her stuff and then wanted to know. So we had to go get the manager, had to get all her stuff, you know, move it, avoid that transaction. Lordy, help me, God. I just, I know. And then people out there just, I'm telling you, there are people out there with jobs I've discovered, like with actual jobs that are morons. I mean, that are first-class morons. I talk to people on a daily basis, and obviously Michelle can attest to this more than I can because I deal with business. She deals with consumers. Yeah, and she deals with consumers. I always say when they're hungry, they Um, get frustrated. And, like, she'll come home every day, and, like, the first thing out of her mouth is, I don't understand how these people, like, like, who ties your shoes for you? (laughs) Who allowed these people to reproduce? Like, why is this? Like, I honestly think. I honestly think that at some point in time, like, we should hand out small amounts of chlorine to clean the gene pool. I think it's a great idea. Like, you know, like, take the warning labels off stuff and just mm-hmm. let nature take its course. So, who was I was watching an episode of uh, uh, The Office, I think it was, and uh, they were walking in somewhere, and, and Dwight, uh, Dwight goes, look at all these people. We need a plague. <laughs> so, like, it was so ironic that years later, it's like, Okay, wow. That, Man, that, that joke was so good, Dan. At the time, that was funny. Nice canceled, I know, right. No, he just changed his name. Did you see that? Uh, the guy that plays yeah. to what? He changed his name to, like, Warm Ocean Spring. And I'm like, yeah, that's done it. You fi- you fixed climate change. That was what we needed, yeah, you know? I mean, you know it's- uh, if you, so, real quick before we go, uh, this is kind of off, sub- off topic, but. If you were going to have a different name, like, bear with me. If you were like, dang, I wish my mom and dad would have named me, first, obviously, first name. What what, what different name? Like, is there a name out there that you're like, that's a badass name? Is there one that you've ever, that's ever come to your mind? Like, obviously, like most dudes, like Maverick. Oh, Jesus Christ. If I could talk to my mom and dad. We didn't have a great relationship anyway. But if I could talk to them, I'd be like, what the? Why didn't y'all think of this shit? You know, I mean, something cool. If I, if I had a chance to change my last name, I'd turn it to Gates. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, and uh, my apologies if this sounds in any no, way that, confident or conceited. It's okay. So when I was a kid, and they asked you, you go to career day, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a guy that wore, that wore a suit, mm-hmm. traveled on planes, and had his name on the door. And my okay, name, no, no wrong with that. Okay, but my name looks great because it's the right amount of letters. It's got an, it's like from the middle of just A. If you just look at it with the capital R, mm-hmm. A, and then R. Yeah, R A R. Okay, like it just looks powerful. It just looks good. Yeah. So I don't. So you're good with it. I am. I really am. Yeah. So I always wanted, to, like, I always wanted. Don't know why, but I wanted a name like, like Max, and be short for like Maximilian or Maxwell or so. I don't know why, but but yeah. that's 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 pretty good. I I don't know why. I, I always wanted to be like the third. Like to me, that was like <laughs> prestigious. No, it just means that no. I, I, 
Yeah, but that would be cool. Like, see, I would love to have, you know, Kevo, Mitchell, Meredith, the fourth or so. That would be badass. Yeah, that just means that three people before you just had no, could not come up with names whatsoever. Uh, 100%. It's almost just like there are four other morons out there. That's all that proves my brother is a junior. And he didn't name any of his sons after him. Like, he was yeah. like, this is dying. So same way with my brother, my nephew is a junior. And I thought, like, is he going to, you know, name his son the first or whatever? And he was like, hell no. I'm, no, I'm no, out. No, no, I'm, I'm good. Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. What are you saying? So uh, kind of to wrap up this uh, mental health thing, I will tell you the biggest breakthrough I ever had. Yeah. And this is, I don't know why this story is, is always great for me so i'm de- <laughs> i was definitely afraid of flying mm-hmm. um, for the job i have now that seems kind of crazy but yeah, well, yeah so i had a different job and uh, i took the job not knowing that within the first 90 days i had to go to boston i don't know if you've ever driven to boston but it's 25 hours i have yes so um when they said hey you're gonna have to go to a class you know a month you know book your flight now, because in May, so I started in March and May, you're going to have to go to Boston. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm single. You know, I have Isabella, but you know, she can stay with her mom. I'll just leave on Friday, drive up there, do the class Monday through Friday, and then drive back. Seemed like a great reason not to have to, not to, have to conquer this fear. Like, I wasn't about that life. That was my plan. I booked a flight, but that was my plan. Well, a week before I was supposed to leave, Isabella informs me that her first Holy Communion was the day I was leaving town to fly to Boston. Of course it was. So, now, I don't even have enough, like, mathematically, I don't have 25 hours between when uh, I no, leave right. and when I can be there. Uh, and I couldn't be late because I'm going to the corporate office and the CEO is waiting on me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I have been in a panic for 90 days, and I have come to the moment where I've got to get on this plane. Um, yay! And and this is kind of as strange as it, as crazy as it sounds. The moment where like I knew that I was going to be this. Like I knew, like everybody has that moment where you know they're, they're crying in the rain. It was just their moment. Yeah, like, that just that, like, that that moment of clarity. Yep. That yep. So <laughs> I am uh, I'm in the Monroe Airport, and they're. I'm always the last person on the flight because mm-hmm. they ain't leaving without me. And what, why would why would you just sit there? I don't understand yeah, that. Yeah. I just wait. Why fight in that big clump of people to get to a seat that you've yeah. got? I mean, yeah. So, you know, when I booked my flight, I got the one the seat in the very back mm-hmm. on an aisle because I don't know why I thought maybe having a you know, being able to see the aisle made me feel like I wasn't claustrophobic. I get that. I don't know. Um, but I I had never flown before. This this would be my first time. And in my head, all I could think was, if I keep my head down, if I start to cry, out of fear, nobody will know. Ain't nobody will know. And I'm telling you, I stood in the doorway of this plane to where the stewardess said, either you have to. Uh, Are you coming? She could tell. tell. Um, So I get get on this plane, hood up on my hoodie, earbuds in, and my mom bought me this cool, it's it's the Airplane flyers prayer. There's a prayer for everything, mm-hmm. um, and I'm I'm rubbing this thing like it's a fava bean, and it's, right. you know, like it's my lucky charm. And this plane takes off, and for the first time, I had that that weightless feeling for a second, and it was like, 
I don't know what this feeling is, but I love it. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. Also, the flight from Monroe to Atlanta <laughs> is about 45 minutes. Yeah, it's very, very so if short. So if you've never flown on a plane before and you can't get one to Dallas, it's 25 minutes. That one to Atlanta is just perfect. Yeah. So we land in Atlanta. And, like, I've never had a spiritual moment like that. Like, I've never, mm-hmm. in my, at this point, it was 10 years ago, so I was in my mid-30s. Like, I never had a moment that you just don't have words for. Right. So, I get, they unload this plane, and I'm holding it together because I made it, and I get off this plane in Atlanta, and I get to the gate where you get off the plane, and I just start crying. Like, and I'm not a crier. Right. And, like, I can't hold it in. Like, I'm just crying, like, years of stress and years of this anxiety that had built on me. And that moment, I just left it right there. It was a release. In the Atlanta airport. And at that moment, like, I because then I had to get on a plane and fly to Boston, which was fine. Mm -hmm. But I, I didn't rent the car. So I had to ride with somebody the entire week. No problem. I didn't get anxious in any of the meetings when there was a group of people, like it was a round table for five days. Like I left all of that at that moment, you know, 22 decades worth of frustration and anxiety and trying to figure it out. Like I left it in that, in that airport in Atlanta. Like I left it right there. It was the most freeing moment. It was cathartic, wasn't it? Just it was, to, just to, like, this is it. I, I've, it, for, for twenty two years of release, like, I mean, it was. I, I can't, I still can't explain. I can, I can picture in my head. I know what I was wearing, and like, I, I remember the gate. Like, I remember everything, and just stand, and to the point where the lady at the gate was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "I don't, I don't have words for it," of how. Like a beat. Like yes. I know I may look stupid to y'all, but you don't understand the conquer. Yeah, like what I just conquered. Like that was the first time I had conquered a fear. Mm-hmm. And from that moment on, you're like, okay, I it can have, be what, done. What else? What else can I be? Um, I, fig- I figured that out literally as I boarded <laughs> the plane to go to Boston. Um, and there's this older lady sitting beside me. Three seats now. Three seats and a TV. So it was a little better because it's two and a half hours, but I can yeah. watch a movie. And it was it was. Way different than that two-seater. Well, yeah, plus you've got this feeling of overwhelming oh. comfort because oh. you beat something. I mean, yeah, you couldn't tell me. Yeah, right. right. Um, <laughs> so what I was unaware of on the way from Atlanta to Boston was that the plane in Boston mm-hmm. at Logan comes in over the water. Uh, I, yeah. nobody, nobody told me that. Yeah. Nobody, nobody told me that. Until they lifted the window and all you yeah. see is water. You see is water. Just, so geez. there's this this elderly lady who obviously has flown thousands of times, I would imagine. As we as we are making our initial descent into Boston, it's a little turbulent. Ba- plane bounces a little bit every now and then. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think you have to have anxiety to know that sometimes you're going to tense up when that plane bounces. Absolutely. Well, I went and I grabbed the seat in front of me. And this elderly lady puts her hand on my on my shoulder and says, "Honey, if this plane goes down, where do you think you're going?" Like I'm trying to stand up. She's like, "Where, where the hell are you going?" She was like, 
you might as well sit down and enjoy the ride. The, the cool, she, and then literally, all she was telling me was, hey, if it's going down. You're standing up's not going to be the. Yeah, and th- there's no question of what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like, if you fall from this height, it just we're is, good. Yeah. She was like, let me, she's like, I'm going to do you a favor. Stewardess, I, he needs a drink. Oh, nice. And I was like, I, I'm, I'm not a drinker, ma'am. And she was like, you are at this moment. You, you're going to feel better. Yeah. You know, now, and that was, to me, the funniest thing was her just looking at me, just dead faced and was, if we go down, where do you think you're, where do you think you're going? And, you know, some people call it what they will. You know, the universe, it's, you know, karma, it's God, whatever, you know, me, I'm in a face. So it's, it's just, you know, for me, it's like, you know, God put her there at that moment to remind, like, hey, you don't need to get over, like, don't start getting overwhelmed. Yeah, and least, that's pretty awesome. That uh, it was it was funny to me. Um, it was not funny to me that um, a buddy of mine realized I'd made the first flight and thought it was going to be funny. Right? Because I said at that point in time in my flying career, I, I, so I thought sitting in the back was the best place to do. Because, yeah. Because if you're going to go down, you're going to hit yeah. head first, and maybe right. the people in the back are good. And he texts me, and I didn't realize that iMessages will work with the Wi-Fi on the plane. And the text said, "Hey." As they begin their initial descent, if you hear a noise under the plane, that's not cool. Yeah, that's... Thanks, buddy. Thanks a lot. Turns out every plane makes noise because landing, landing Yeah, comes I mean, out. right. And I wasn't yeah. thinking. Yeah, I'm but, just well, like, why would you know? Th- I mean, why would you put all that together as yeah. a first-time flyer? I mean, yeah, and of course, when we land, I call him, I'm like, why would you do that? Yeah. And he was like, because that, that's, that's who I am as a person. Yeah. Like... Like, this is Because I'm are. a dick. Yeah. I mean, he basically, that's like, what it was. He was like, but, you know, like, he's like, I'm proud of you, but like, that's not how we say we're proud of each other. Like, yeah, right. Like, there's going to be 100 people that are going on your social media when you say you post that you went to, you flew to Boston, they're going to clap for you. And yeah. most of them don't really care. Yeah. They just want to be a part of something. Yeah, right. He it's just, like, look, Earl, Earl did something good for Rich, you know, or whatever yeah. he has. And so he was like, I would rather text you, and you'll never forget this text, mm-hmm. to know that I was thinking of you as you were flying. And yeah. I was like, that makes sense, because as you were saying, people like to gossip. They just mm-hmm. want the information to share with other people. Like, Yes, that's it. Like, it wasn't, hey, Richard took a flight. It was, I wonder what Richard's doing. They didn't. Well, they weren't worried about what he overcome to get there, or what you overcame to get there, and the battle, and the thing. Nobody, people don't give a shit. They just, they want to feel like they're a part of a situation. Yeah. And I guess them thinking, you know, if they, and that's something else I always feel like uh, on social media posts when somebody, you know, I, this is a true story too. If I tell you, I am praying for you, you can rest assured that I'm going to take my wife's hands and we're going to say a quick prayer. I'm not doing the, oh, we're praying. And then just going, I just, I'm not going to do that. I won't comment if I'm not going, I'm just not. But just the idea that people just, it, we're a necessary evil, other creatures, but God Almighty, sometimes I just want. Has, yeah, not that I have the monopoly on being a good person or nothing. Has but. anything on social media ever changed because of thoughts and prayers? No, no. Like, like no. how that policy change? Yeah, like, yeah. Like I appreciate, I appreciate me being in. If I'm in a bad situation, you know, that's uh, created, you know, uh, a sadness. Like, if someone truly prays for me, I, I 
I, God, I appreciate the fact that you cared enough to, to, you know, to go to God or whatever you go to about me or my situation. I do appreciate it. But however, uh, on social media, it, it does it. it, You're right. I mean, if we're going to change things and I believe prayer changes things, thoughts and prayers as a typing text on social media, does it? That's not. You know, I've always said, God knows y'all are not praying. Y'all don't say that. Like, if you're not going to do it, don't do it. Don't write that. You know, Yeah, and I, there have been situations that you have gone through that I have, I have, I have prayed for you. Yeah, sure. If I, I didn't check in on social you media. You don't have to. Oh, okay. yeah, we, just, know, we know. I just wanted to make sure. Well, we know. I think it's, it's I mean, we know the people. I just wanted to make that, sure that if I, it counted, even though I didn't check in. Yeah. And actually, actually, it counts more. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> we, we know the people that, that are genuinely concerned about our well-being and what we know that don't we we, we know people that that are going to be there and care or not we I, as humans we we do we get that feeling I, those we address i've always wanted to and this this probably sounds terrible i've always wanted to take my own birthday off of social media because right like i don't need a hundred updates yeah. all day of people mm-hmm. that i haven't talked to since probably the last time they posted on there, mm-hmm. um, if you don't have my number to text me happy birthday, or right. you don't didn't know what my birthday was before, right. um, wh- wh- why? why? Yeah, you don't have to do it there, so other people can see that you did it. That's yeah, that to me. That's what it boils down to. Uh, the, the last thing, because I know that I'm, yeah. I'm sure this thing is <laughs> way longer than it's, you wanted. No, nah, I, don't, I don't care. Is the and this is kind of the world we live in, and it's a sad reality. It's the it's the number one lie that adults tell the lie that hey hey we should get together. Like think about that. Oh, how many times people go? Uh, you know, I've, I've just been so busy work. And, yeah, we should get together, but I've been so busy. Yeah, but yeah. Why is it in the in as adults do we feel the need to make the lie? Like I'm okay with us never getting together. Yeah, like. <laughs> Why, why don't waste, like I'll have people, I'll run into people that I haven't talked to in, you know, three or four years, which is fine. Like I'm busy, you're busy, families come up, you know, you've got a job, it's fine. Right. But I know when I run into you at Walmart or the gas station or whatever you're doing and you didn't provide me the same courtesy I provided you by just nodding and keep walking, you felt like you needed to stop, um... Don't why 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 waste the breath on? Hey, I mean this. We sh- we're we're gonna get together. We're not. No, and it's not. And I'm not mad at you for it. No, but ninety nine percent of people have no intention in doing. No, no, no. So, but 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 it's a sad. reality. It's a social construct. We have to do it. Yeah, it's a sad reality that, um, you know, people I've been people I you know past friends that once again. Not that I'm mad. I'm not mad at them. Yeah. I know life gets busy. People change. You know, you, you kind of some some friendships you just kind of grow out of. Yeah. But like, I don't understand why the waste of oxygen to just why not just be honest. I think it makes people feel better. It makes them feel like they're a good person. The reaction of of yeah, let's do that. Makes them feel like, look, somebody wants to to be with me. Yeah. I think maybe that's what it is. Like, I, 
like, but the person saying it and the person agreeing with it, neither of them, they're they're both walking away like, man, I hope they don't, I hope they cancel. Damn, I don't want to talk to these people. Yeah, like, man, I ran into Kevin at the grocery store mm-hmm. and. I don't know why I didn't just go down the other aisle because I hadn't talked to him in two and a half years. Hey, and you got to be careful because some people will take you up on it. For, I'm guilty of it. For example, there, I'm not going to name names, but obviously me and Mary were somewhere and saw a lady. And I just, it's not that I don't like her. Just a little bit of her goes a long way. And I'm like, yep, I could not, no way I could spend an afternoon with her, you know? And in, in, in short, you know, we're, we're leaving, walking away. And she's like, we need to get together sometime. And me, I'm like, yeah, we need to do that. And she's like, well, what are y'all doing? Oh shit. Uh, <laughs> like when people bite and I'm like, I got to figure this out. Cause uh, yeah, I'm not getting together with you. Uh, but she was determined to find out what I was doing this Sunday. This was a while back on that particular Sunday and, and Mary quick, thank God, Mary quick. Hey, you're having, the guys over Bengals game, you know, they do a thing when they're by themselves. And she's like, it's best if we just let you know when we figured like she was quick to, but I should have just said, I don't want to spend no time with you, but yeah. I mean, I couldn't do that. But why? Why, why, right? why is honesty not the best policy as an adult? I agree a hundred percent. It just, because I don't want to give people a mental health disorder. I don't want to make them think, Oh, I'm not good enough or I'm not, you know, so I just kind of, but, but I, I'm a huge fan of brutal honesty. Oh, I, look, I, I'm tough I'd love guy. I'd much rather you say what's on your mind. Like, hey, Kevo, we should get together. No, dude, I don't like you. I, and it didn't have to be that. No, right? Just, I know. You, know, I know. Yeah, you don't have to be that honest. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of yeah, we should. Let's figure that out. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I wonder if he's lying to me. Like then I have to then I have the unknown and I don't like the unknown. I'd rather oh so for you I get what you're saying. For you it's almost best if you go just don't say it or just go well I doubt we're gonna get to I don't yeah, yeah like yeah. you know like I, I'm you know and not to be mean to people but I'm very I want I don't think there's many people that don't know where they stand with me. I'm hundred percent like like yeah like, there's not a whole lot of people that you're like. Hey, do you know Richard? And they're like, Yeah, I just can't get a read on that guy. Yeah, I don't know how to. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I yeah, agree. like it's either like you know Richard, you know Richard gave me his shirt off, like literally off his back, and the other mm-hmm. one was like, Richard I, was trying to figure out how to take my shirt. He was <laughs> he, he walked right past me like he didn't see me. Like I, I'm great at that, but like I I respect like I understand that I am not going to be friends with everybody on this planet. Yeah, see, I do and, too, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that but, too. You know, just tell me. Like, I, I don't, I don't like the vibe you put off. You know, I, I'm not really into being friends with guys under five six. Like, I, whatever. yeah, that's yeah, fine. yeah. That now that's offensive, asshole. You know, whatever. <laughs> you know, whatever your reasoning is, but don't give me the we should get together and make me have to lie to you and say sure we should do that, knowing that neither of us want to do it. And then it's like it wasn't me or you. Like I hate that lie. Yeah, I don't like it either. I agree with you a million percent. So if I run into any of you at the Walmart and you say, hey, we should get together, just know that I'm going to say. So he's lying. Not a chance. 
Hey, if you or anyone you know is suffering from mental illness, uh, anything like that, they get in touch with someone. You can contact me. You can contact Richard. Like, we are going to spend time talking to you. You do not have to do it alone. Please do not try to face it alone. Okay? Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Love you, brother. I've enjoyed the heck out of this, man. I appreciate it. I hope there's at least like 30 minutes of this you can use. <laughs> there will be two hours. I'm pretty raw with it. I'm just going to listen to it and cut any little thing, but... Love you, bro. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Same. Bye.